Correct. That is that is exactly right. Everything you thought you knew, you got to put away. You got to be born again like a little child, okay? So let's read on again. For inquire, I pray thee, of the former age, and prepare thyself to the search of their fathers. So where does it mention religion there? It doesn't mention it at all, okay? So then it says, shall not they teach thee? Shall not they teach thee? Meaning our forefathers that we're reading about, King Solomon, who is a black man, King David, who is a black man, Jesus the Christ, or Yahshua HaMashiach, who is a black man, Moses, Abraham, these are all our ancestors, our forefathers. Shall not they teach thee and tell thee and utter words out of their heart? Meaning they'll give you wisdom. They'll give you wisdom on how to understand revelations in the Bible, all right? All right, so let us examine the past to determine how to deal with situations without, without shifting the blame and then eventually accepting the shame. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 3. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 3. We're going to look at an example of Adam and Hava or Adam and Eve and see how they operated, okay? This is the fall. Let's read about it real quick. Genesis chapter 3, we're going to start at verse 1. It says, now the serpent, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God hath made. I'm reading in the King James Version. I know some people like to say Yahweh Elohim. That's fine as well. But for those that are new, we just read it straight through, okay? It says, and he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it. Ye shall not eat of it. Neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die or unalive. I know, I know TikTok got restrictions. Lest you unalive. <laughs> and the serpent, this crafty person, said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely unalive. For God does know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open and you shall be as Elohim or as God or divine ones, knowing good, righteousness, and knowing evil, lawlessness. Verse 6, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree to make, desired to make one wise to make one wise she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband and he did eat so we notice here that our ancestors they were tempted with the deception of wanting to become their own deity just like when people celebrate their birthdays come celebrate me come worship me come bow down to me come give me gifts this is the same thing this is the same thing the deceiver was coming to Adam and Hava, Adam and Hawa, and telling them, hey, if you take of my doctrine and partake in what I'm showing you, it's going to make you wise. It's going to make you better than your creator. You're going to be your own God, which is similar to many of the modern religions today. Okay. Verse seven, uh, it says, and the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they showed, sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron. So as soon as they partook of this higher knowledge, they realized that they were covered in sin, that they no longer had the covering of righteousness on them, and they were naked to their shame. 
All right. So remember the the title of the uh, lesson is ex shifting the blame or accepting the shame. Shifting the blame or accepting the shame. So we're looking at an example in Genesis chapter three of Adam and Hava, Adam and Eve, and we're seeing that they are looking at a situation and trying to take advantage of a situation to better themselves, to make themselves as deities. So let's find out what happens. Verse eight, this is Genesis chapter three, verse eight. Share the room, share the room, share the room. Make sure you share the room. Share the room with others, all right? Y'all on TikTok, make sure you share the room, all right? It says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. So they were hiding amongst other nations trying to protect themselves from being discovered. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? This is the primary Adam. He said, where are you? Out of all these people that I'm calling for, I'm looking for you. Where are you hiding at? And then let's, let's see what happens. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So wait a minute. So he hears the most high calling him. Daddy calling you. He's like, hey, come here. Let me talk to you, son. Where are you? Why are you hiding among all these kids? Come over here. Let me, let me holler at you for a second. And he says, dad. Uh, I was afraid. Uh, I know I did wrong. Just like when you when you were father, right? And you correct your son or your daughters, right? You're telling them, hey, what you're doing ain't right. I need to talk to you. You tell them, hey, bring your butt right here. Let me talk to you. The most high deals with us as children. We're his children. So he say, hey, come here. Let me talk to you. Then he says, and he said, who told thee that thou wast naked? Has thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? So listen to the question. It says, who told you, who told you that you were naked? That was the first question, right? The next question is, did you eat? Did you partake of? Did you get some sort of knowledge, right? Where I told you not to partake of this knowledge. I told you not to interact with this type of particular information. Let's find out what Adam did. Did he accept the shame or did he shift the blame? Verse 12. This is Genesis chapter 3, verse 12. It says, And the man said, The woman, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. Hold up, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So the Most High is asking him, did you, did thou, the, who told you you was naked? Who told you, who told you to partake of this information that I told you not to partake of? What did he say? The woman, the woman, the woman. Wait a minute. We see brothers doing that today. A lot of times when a situation occurs and arises, instead of us standing up to the plate and say, I'm accepting the shame of my actions, we have a tendency to say, the woman, the woman did it. It was that woman, it was that, it was that wicked black woman that did it over there. She the one We gotta, we gotta operate and think carefully, y'all. Sometimes when it comes to certain situations, yes, there's a such thing as cause and effect. 
right? Where someone can cause a situation and the effect in turn impacts you on how you respond. I agree with that. Many of many of many of many of black men, Latino men, have went to uh, get incarcerated or went to jail over women, right? Arguing over women, fighting over women, uh, disruptions over women, false accusations over women. This is true. But in the instance where the man actually does something, he has to do what? Shift the blame or accept the shame? Accept the shame. So now, let's read on and find out the interaction between the Most High and the woman and see what happens. Genesis chapter 3, verse 13. It says, And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? What is this that thou hast done? So now, the Most High is coming and speaking to Hava and telling her, Eve, what is it that you're doing? Explain to me how you got in this situation where you gave your husband this information, this doctrine to make him think that he could be another God superior to me. This makes no sense whatsoever. Bring me the information. Why did you do this? What have you done? Guess what happens? The woman now says, the other nation, the serpent, the serpent, the other people that was around, they was the one. They was the one that beguiled me. The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. So hold up, wait a minute. Hold up, wait a So the Most High asked her, what is this that thou, that you have done? What is it that you've done? And the woman said, the serpent tricked me. The other man deceived me. I'm going to show you that this is not referring to a literal snake, okay? I'm going to give you an example, right? When you read in um, the book of Job, right? Job says, I am a brother to dragons. I am a brother to dragons. Remember when Job was having his negative experience and Job was going through it and he had three men that came and had a discussion with him? As you read these scriptures, you find he calls these men dragons. When you read in the New Testament, when John the Baptist was going about teaching the truth and bringing people back to repentance, what was going on? You had the religious leaders of the time, the political leaders at the time, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Herodians, those that had affinity to the Roman government, to make it plain to the American government, to the Grecian government, to the European government. They had an affinity to, to government instead of God. And they, in turn, was deceiving the people with the traditions of men, similar to what's going on today. And what did John the Baptist say? He said, you generation of vipers, you snakes, you serpents, you deceivers. So, that, so when we read in Genesis, when it's referring to those that are the serpent, there's a particular group of people. Shalom, sister. Welcome to the room. Welcome to the room. Shalom, welcome to the room. So there's a particular group of people with the sole intention of deception. There are people that come in with the sole desire to deceive. You understand that? Okay, it's not that they're a little snake walking on the ground, rolling on their belly and all of that. These are people that do not have your best interests at heart. I hope you understand that. So. What do we notice with the history of Adam and Eve? Who was shifting the blame? Who took accountability for their actions? Put in a chat, put in a chat. Put in a chat. What do you notice about the history of Adam and Eve? Or if you're on the Discord channel, 
feel free to speak. Uh, what do you notice in regards to this story of Adam and Eve, Adam and Hava? Nobody. Good. We got somebody. We got Carlton. Appreciate you, Carlton. Carlton said nobody. So nobody took accountability. Nobody took accountability. And liken it to, to today, right? When it comes to the dynamic of discussing uh, relationships, discussing uh, church situations, discussing interactions between our people and other people, there's a tendency where no one wants to take accountability. For example, right, when it comes to uh, the interaction between police brutality, right, when a situation happens against the, the 12 tribes, right, what has a tendency to happen? No accountability. The government doesn't want to stand up and say what's right or wrong. The prosecutor doesn't want to stand up and say what's right or wrong. The police department doesn't want to say what's right or wrong. And even in domestic situations where the other party is at fault and a person or a life gets damaged or disrupted after everything is all said and done, no one wants to take accountability. You understand? This is why it's very important in this class in shifting the blame versus accepting the shame, all right? I hope it makes sense. Let's go to another scripture. Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. Remember, this discussion is called shifting the blame or accepting the shame. Let's look at the interaction between David and and Bathsheba. Let's look at the interaction between David and Bathsheba. Type it on the chat. Second Samuel chapter 11 verse 1. Put it in, put it in the uh, chat on TikTok, y'all. All right. Second Samuel chapter 11 verse 1. I want y'all to be able to read it, go back and verify it. So that way you can discover it for yourself as well. For those that are familiar with the content, all praises. If you're not, Feel free to go to your Bible, highlight it, underline it, put a star by it, some way where you can remember that you read this information before, okay? So we're going to talk about the, the relationship that happened, the illustrious affair between David and Bathsheba. What they, what they call it nowadays, y'all got all type of goofy names now. What they call it, a sneaky link? Uh, uh, what, what did Jada uh, Pinkett call it? She called it a, a, a entanglement, like she was trapped in a spider web. The hell is this? <laughs> oh, the hell is this? She was like, oh, I got, uh, I got into an entanglement. Oh, that's what we call an adultery nowadays. That's what we call an adultery entanglement. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. So let's have a discussion about the interaction, the entanglement of David and Bathsheba. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1, and it reads, And it came to pass after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle. So this is at the time where we was ready to go to war, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. So everybody's ready to fight. Everybody's ready to handle, throw some, throw some, you know, you know that old school song, throw some, throw some bees, you know what I mean? And it says, and they destroyed, and they destroyed the children of Ammon. So for those that are not familiar with the Bible history, the children of Ammon are the descendants of the folks we call Japanese today, okay? The children of Ammon, okay? Um, the proof of that is, I remember seeing this um, 
this uh, this anime show, right? I can't remember the name of the show right now. But one of the main characters, his name was Ammon. Literally, his name was Ammon. And I'm like, wow. With my spiritual eyes, I saw, wow, these Japanese really know who they are. There are books out there from the 1400s, 1500s, 1800s that give descriptions of all the, the nations with Bible commentaries. And many commentaries have said that the children of Ammon are the descendants of the Japanese people of today and the people of Moab are descendants of the uh, uh, Chinese people today, okay? So it says that they destroy the, ch the children of Ammon and besiege Rabbah, okay? That was a city that uh, they came against, okay? But David tarried still at Jerusalem. So while everybody's going to war, David is kicking back at the crib, right? So let's put it in perspective, right? Let's say you're in, a, uh, you're, you're, um, you're in the armed forces, right? So you're getting ready to go to war. And everybody else is ready. They've done the training. They've done the, uh, you know, military drills. They've done everything that they could to prepare for this battle. But here comes the president or the king of the nation that's just chilling at the back, just in the cut at the crib. Make it make sense. Should, it, should he have been there? Or should he have been right there with his warriors going to war? That's a real leader, right? Remember, this is the same King David that said, who, who are you coming up to me as this uncircumcised Philistine talking against the nation of Israel and against our Elohim, against our father, against our deity, against our power? That's the same David now that when all the men are going already to battle, he's chilling in the cut in Jerusalem. <laughs> the hell is this? Uh, let's read on. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 2. And it came to pass in an evening tide, so right when it was about to get dark, that David, that David arose from off his bed and walked up the roof of his of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman washing herself. I know how y'all brothers get when y'all see a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. Okay, so to put it in perspective, there is nothing as beautiful and phenomenal as the 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 gorgeous look of a beautiful black princess, okay? An Israelite princess, all right? A Latino princess. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all brothers, put a one in the chat if you know what I'm talking about. Put a one in the chat if you know what I'm talking about. We ain't dealing with Krabby Patties. We ain't dealing with the Flatback Tribe. We ain't dealing with none of that. Put a one in the chat if you know what I'm talking about. Put a one in the chat if you know. <laughs> all praises, all praises, all right? So to put that in perspective, think about it. You're a king. You're cleansing yourself. You, you, you get off the bed. You see a woman that's across, and you look, and you see her, and she's looking right. She's looking right. But was he supposed to look at her? No. No. Why? Why was she not supposed to look at her? Remember what the, what the Messiah said. He said, if you look at a woman to lust after her, you've committed adultery already in your mind in your heart, in your spirit. So he was already thinking about, this woman is washing herself, she looked good, how can I get with that? Yo, I'ma holler at her, I'ma talk to her. That's a problem. Let's read on. Second Samuel chapter 11, verse three. And David sent and inquired after the woman. So not only did he look, now he's like, I want that. Yo, 
Tell me about that girl right there. Who is that right there? That's what he started to do. Watch this. And one said, is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife, the wife, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? So question for those in the chat. If a man tells you, hey, that's such and such wife, how would you react? You looking at this woman, she's beautiful, she look real good, but the brother says, hey, that's such and such wife. That's that's Uriah's wife. How would you respond? If somebody came up to you and was like, hey, this is such and such wife, wouldn't you say to yourself, uh, let me be respectful, let me not say nothing to her, let me leave her the hell alone, right? That's what I'm thinking. Because once, once I figure out you married to somebody else, I ain't dealing with you. But let's see how David... Yeah, I like that. Supposed see Zakaya on point. She said, supposed to keep it pushing. Exactly. Mike got it right. Zero, nothing. You don't say nothing to them. You just keep it pushing. You just leave them alone. That's it. But let's see how David operated. So not only did he see the woman, not only did he lust after her, not only did he start inquiring about her, right? Watch this. Verse 4, and David sent messengers and took her. Wait a minute. So then he went and sent people to go get her. And she came in unto him, and he lay with her. For she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned unto her house. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Sneaky link, y'all. She did a sneaky link. So if a king step up to you, I know how women are. They're going to be like, this is a king. I can't say no to him. If I say no, I might die. I might get unalive. But guess what? Let me see what the comment says. It says, he felt because he was king, nothing should be without. There you go. Now you're in the spirit. Now you're in the spirit. Now you're seeing that. There's a law. Matter of fact, we're going to come back to this in one second. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 17, right? Let's go. I'm glad you brought that up. Who made that comment? That was uh, ha uh, Hazy Love You. Hazy Love You said, he felt because he was king, nothing should be withheld. Very good statement. Very good statement. So now, did we know that there's a law, there's a law in the Bible concerning the kings of Israel and how they should conduct themselves? Watch this. Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 14 through 17. Put that in the chat. Put that in the chat. Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 14 through 17. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 14 through 17. Put that on the chat on TikTok, all right? So it says, When thou art come unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shall possess it, and shall dwell therein, and shall say, I will set a king, I will set a king over me, like as all the nations that are round about me, that thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee, whom the Lord thy God shall choose, one from among thy brethren. Thou shalt set king over thee. Thou mayest not set a stranger over thee, which is not thy brother. So if you wonder why many of the Hebraic community are apolitical, meaning we don't get involved with politics, we don't get involved with these religious structures, it's because the Most High put in our laws that we don't vote for somebody that's of another nation to have dominion over us. We just don't do that. Nope. 
Sorry, not sorry. We don't give a damn if you're Democrat or Republican. We don't care. <laughs> we don't care about politics over here. All right. So let's find out some of the rules and regulations of how a king, how a king that the Most High set up should conduct themselves. Watch this, verse 16. But he, but he, referring to the king, shall not multiply horses to himself. So now, when it says not multiply horses to them himself, let's put it into today's perspectives. You have religious leaders that say, I want to buy a whole bunch of cars. I want to buy a whole bunch of clothes. I want to buy a whole bunch of houses. The Most High says, don't multiply horses to yourself. You got some pastors that are more concerned about their airplanes, their uh, uh, Range Rovers, their BMWs, what else? Their, their Marcialagos, right? You got, you got these pastors out here living rich like kings. And the Most High said, don't multiply chariots and horses to yourself, right? Same thing with, with these uh, political leaders in the, uh, in the so-called black community, right? They want to multiply vehicles to themselves. Oh, I'm a millionaire now. I got a Phantom. I got a, a, a Coupe de Ville. I got a Bentley. I got this, 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 this. The Most High said don't operate like that. Watch this. It says, nor cause the people to return to Egypt. So the responsibility of the king was to keep people... Oh, yeah, good comment. Precept me said jewelry, right? Think about all the rappers, right? All the rappers want to come in and be like, look at my chain, I got platinum, I got golds, I got grills, I got did 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 That's how they be rapping, right? I got this, I got that, 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 I, my hat, that, foolishness. You understand? Foolishness. And the most I said, don't operate. If you're in a position of authority over the people, don't operate like that. Then it says, nor cause the people to return to Egypt. What does that mean? Egypt was the place of bondage. Egypt was the place where our ancestors were enslaved, unalive, mistreated. Mal malpractice was happening there. Misuse of the people was happening there. They weren't dealing with us, right? And Egypt or ancient Mizraim, they were worshiping other deities, other Elohim, okay? They, they were just like the Greeks. They had a God for every day of the week. You understand what I'm saying? 365, over 300 plus gods. They worshiped Anubis. They worshiped Set. They worshiped Ra, okay? So the king was not supposed to allow the people to come back into Baal worship, Baalah worship, moon god worship, sun worship, the sun, moon, and the stars worship, right? So that was the responsibility of the king to give the laws to Israel that they would not operate like that. Then it says, to the end that they should multiply horses, for as much the Lord hath said unto you, ye shall henceforth return no more that way. Meaning, remember the uh, Deuteronomy 28. You're not going to return back to Egypt unless I'm punishing you. I don't want you to go in the ways of the Egypt. When you read Leviticus chapter 11, it says, I'm sorry, Leviticus chapter 18, it says, do not follow the ways and practices of the Egyptians and the Canaanites, okay? Those ancient Nilotic tribes that partook of various uh, fornicative practices, adultery, threesomes, uh, bestiality, uh, pederasty, uh, what else? Uh, and some of the other un socially uncouth things that people are doing today and, and legitimizing it by legal means, if you understand what I'm saying. The Most High said, don't operate like Egyptians. Don't operate like Canaanites. Watch this. 
verse 17, verse 17. This is Deuteronomy 17, verse 17. Neither, this was the, the, the law of the king, neither shall ye multiply wives to himself, that his heart turn not away. Neither shall he greatly multiply to himself silver and gold. So if you wonder why the kingdom of Israel had came to an end and we went into the Babylonian captivity, it's because King David and King Solomon multiplied wives unto themselves and their mind, their heart, was turned away. Back to Egypt. The first uh, princess that King Solomon married was an Egyptian princess. After that, he got some Edomite women, some Moabite women, some Ammonite women, women of the Canaanites, Zidonians, Tyrians, he was setting up political ties between these nations and ended up serving their deities and at the same time multiplying riches for himself. So now with this law in mind, let's look back at King David and how he conducted himself with Bathsheba. We're going to go to, put a, put a one in the chat if this makes sense to y'all. Put a one in the chat. Share the room, share the room, share the room. Put a one in the chat if this makes sense to y'all. I want to make sure everybody understands what we're going over, all right? So the, the reason why the kingdom of Israel had got destroyed multiple times is because we went after other deities, idolatry, from following after women. So remember the topic. It's called shifting the blame or accepting the shame. Shifting the blame or accepting the shame. Let's go to 2 uh, Samuel chapter 11 again. 2 Samuel chapter 11, and let's go back to verse 4. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 4. It says, And David sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him, and he laid with her. Hold up. So not only did he have the thought, did he convince other men to go get the woman, and then he slept with another man's wife. That's called adultery, okay? We should not operate like that because the law says, do not commit adultery. Do not cheat. Do not have a sneaky link. All right. This, this is helping somebody right now. I don't know who is helping, but this is helping somebody right now. All right. Verse five, it says, and the woman conceived and sent and told David and said, I am with child. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. No, nah. So now not only did he cheat, not only did she commit adultery with him, because the law says that you're supposed to be burnt or put to death after that, right? She got pregnant, y'all. She got pregnant. Oh, my God, she got pregnant. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 6. And David sent to Joab, saying, so now he got his military guard. He said, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to, Uriah to David. So now, let's ask a question. Do you think David is going to, shift the blame and accept the shame? Or do you think David is going to make excuses? Question again, for those that's in the chat, do you think that David is going to shift the blame and accept the shame? Or do you think, Shalom Most High Christ Buzz, do you think he's going to fess up and confess what he's, or he's going to make excuses? All right, we got Sister Renaissance Yehuda. She said, excuses. Who else? Who else? Who else? Put it in the chat. You think, you think he going to tell the truth? You think David going to fess up? He going to say, man, I done messed up, bruh. You know, I done got with your woman. I'm sorry, man. You think he going to fess up or you think he going to make excuses? What do y'all think? Put it in the chat. Put it in the chat. Put it in the chat. What do y'all think King David going to do? Do you think he going to tell the truth? 
Or do you think he gonna lie or make excuses? All right. We got Yanni Yada says he's going to fess up. We got Precept Me that says he's going to own up. You got Hazi Love You that says he made all kind of excuses. All right. All right. Okay, let's find out. Let's find out. Did King... Okay, we got uh, Shabbat Shalom to you, Brittany. Welcome to the room. Welcome to the room. Share the room. Share the room. Share the room. All right. We got Hazi that said set him up. All right. All right, welcome to the room, everybody. We appreciate you. Share the room, share the room, share the room. All right, so we're the class is shifting the blame or accepting the shame. We got another comment says making excuses. Okay, all praises. All right, so let's find out when David interacts with Uriah, if he's going to shift the blame, if he's going to fess up, if he's going to uh, accept the shame and say, hey, this is what it is. Let's see what happens. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 7, it says, And when Uriah was come in unto him, David demanded of him how Joab did, and how the people did, and how the war prospered. So he ain't even talking about the personal situation. He's asking him, hey, how the war going? How's the war efforts? Is your commander that's over you, he doing all right? What about the warriors? Are the warriors doing their responsibility to, to destroy the Ammonites like we talked about? Let's see what happens. And David said to Uriah, all right, take a break. Go down to thy house. Go down to thy house and wash thy feet. Go down to your house and wash thy feet. And Uriah departed out of the king's house, and there followed him a mess of meat from the king. So, so King David, instead of talking to the man and confessing his sins, what did he do? He bribed him. He said, why don't you chill for a second? Why don't you relax? Go home. I know you're tired, Uriah. Go home, wash your feet, cleanse yourself. You know, here's a whole bunch of food. Live it up, brother. Eat, 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 eat. So back in the day, uh, your mama, if you had a good mama or a good daddy, they'd tell you, hey, don't be eating at everybody's house. Not all food is good food, right? Right? Like you read in a book of Proverbs, he says, eat, but his heart is not with you. You understand? When you go before a king, consider well what you're going to eat and put a knife to your throat if you're given to appetite. That's in the book of Proverbs. That means you shouldn't be trying to eat everybody's food, right? Let's read on. Verse 9. But Uriah slept at the king's house with all the servants of his lord and went not down to his house. This was a stand-up dude. This was a commendable dude. All right? This man right here was like, I'm not going to go to the house to, to sleep with my wife. I'm going to stay here because I'm a warrior. I'm a servant of King David. Watch this. And when they had told David, saying, Uriah went not down into his house, David said unto Uriah, Comest thou now from thy journey? Didn't you come from your journey? Why then didst thou not go down unto thine house? So he's asking him, didn't you come from a long distance travel? You went all the way from over there in the area of Rabbah, and, and you came over here. Why don't you go home? Verse 11, and Uriah said unto David, the ark and Israel and Judah abide in tents, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go into mine house? to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife? 
as thou livest, as thy soul liveth, I will not do this thing. So you know there's got to be black folks that's talking here. He was like, on my life, on my life. <laughs> he was like, on my life, as, as I live, I am not going to do this thing. While all the warriors are going to war trying to conquer, while all the men are, are in battle array, you got men that's sleeping in tents, you got men that's sleeping in the open field, ready to wake up the people, ready to take the kingdom for Israel, right? And this man was honorable. This man was honorable. Shall I go and, and, and not do like these men? Why would I go to the crib? Why would I go eat? Why would I go get drunk? Why would I go lay up with my women? While all these men are at war? You got to be kidding me. Come on, king. Right? Verse 12. And David said to Uriah, tarry here today also, and tomorrow I will let thee depart. So Uriah abode in Jerusalem that day and the morrow. So he was there for two days, that day and the very next day. And when David had called him, he did eat and drink before him, and he made him drunk. So not only did King David invite him to the house again, right? Come into the castle. Come to my palace. Let's hang out, right? Right? Imagine you go into a fanciful place like Dubai or uh, what's some other places? Indonesia, or you took a trip to somewhere, you go to like Taj Mahal, or you in Egypt, or you, you know, you go into some fancy five-star plus hotel, right? This is how David was treating this warrior, right? Just a regular warrior. He wasn't a man that had like a whole bunch of titles and stuff like that. No rank, no, no high-ranking caliber man, just a regular dude, right? And when David had called him, he did eat and drink before him, and he made him drunk. So Uriah was drunk. And at even, he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord, but went not down to his house. Oh, shoot. So David got hemmed up. He's like, damn. I tried to, I tried to tell him to go home. He didn't want to listen. I tried, to, I tried to send him to go to the house of the woman. I tried to get him drunk so he could go and lay with his woman. You understand? But he didn't do it. Oh, shoot. So the brother tried to set him up. Think about think about today's time, y'all. Put this in perspective, because the Bible says whatsoever things are written aforetime are written for our learning. How many stories you hear in the so-called black community, Latino community, where a woman had laid up with a man, and that man was not the father. Y'all heard of y'all heard of Maury Povich. Y'all heard of Jerry Springer. Y'all heard of all these stories, right, where women would lay up with a dude, right, and shift the blame and don't accept the shame, don't stand up and be like, yeah, Maury, you see his nose, you see his eyebrows, you see you see the little hair that's on, this is how sick they are. They'd be like, you see the little hair follicle growing on his ear? That's his hair follicle. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, man. So many people get set up in the criminal justice system and in the court system and in the civil lawsuits because of people that can't follow divine principles, y'all. You understand? People that can't divine... Listen, how many... Listen, how many stories have you heard where a brother comes up on stage, he's getting booed, right? And they say, in the case of... Uh, let me pick up a name. Let me make up a name. Uh, in the case of Tikiana... Uh, the three-year-old baby, Jackson, you are not the father. He got booed on stage now, but now everybody like, oh, snap. Oh, he not the daddy. And come to find out, she didn't sleep with one man. 
She didn't sleep with two men. She didn't sleep with three men. She had 11 dudes. 11, y'all. 11. This is what happened in the community. You're reading about that same scenario in the Bible where the brother knew he got another woman pregnant and he was like, all right, I'm going to set this brother up to, to, to make sure he go lay down with his wife so he think that's his kid. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. This is what people do today, y'all. I got a peep game. All right, let's read on. Verse 14. And it came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. So he's like, all right, he don't want to go to his house. He don't want to go home. Let me send him back to war. I'm going to give Uriah a letter and I'm going to have Uriah deliver it to Joab. And here's what the letter said. Verse 15. And he wrote the, in the letter saying, set ye Uriah in the forefront, no pun intended, because <laughs> it's the forefront radio, in the forefront of the hostess battle. I'm sorry, the hottest battle. And retire ye from him that he may be smitten and unalive. Wow. Wait a minute. So not only did the brother shift the blame and not accept the shame, now he's setting the brother up. He said, look, I want you to go to the to take Uriah to the beginning of the battle where everything is hot, where swords is clashing, where uh, drums are drumming, where people are screaming ready for war, where, 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 where there's all type of mayhem going. Push Uriah to the front. And then when all the men are in the front, I need you to fall back so he could be smitten. Wow. Verse 16, and it came to pass when Joab observed the city that he assigned Uriah into a place where he knew that valiant men were. So he sent him where the hottest warriors was. He sent them where the hottest, strongest warriors was. You understand? Verse 17, <laughs> and the men of the city went out and fought with Joab and there fell some of the people of the servants of David and Uriah the Hittite passed away also, unalived also. Then Joab sent and told David all the things concerning the war and charged the messenger saying, when thou hast made an end of telling the matters of the war unto the king, and if so be that the king's wrath arise and he say unto thee, wherefore approach ye so nigh unto the city when he did fight? Know ye not that, that they would shoot from the war? Who smote Abimelech, the son of Jer Jerubasheth? Did not a woman cast a piece of millstone upon him from, a from the wall? Then he unalived in Thepez. Why went ye nigh to the wall? Then, then say thou, thy servant Uriah the Hittite is unalive also, passed away also. All right, they was chopping down trees also. Y'all get the point. So understand, they sent this man Uriah to go to war and he eventually succumbed to the wounds of battle. Verse 22. So the messenger went out and came and showed David all that Joab had sent him forth. And the messenger sent unto David, surely the men prevailed against us and came unto us into the field. And we were, I'm sorry, and we were upon them even unto the end. Oh, excuse me. We were upon them even to the entering of the gate. And the shooter shot from off the wall upon thy servants and some of the king's servants be unalive and they and thy servant Uriah the Hittite is chopped down the tree also I know what I'm talking about when I mean chopped down the tree you know TikTok got all these like parameters all right 
So Hittite was asleep. Let me put it like that. Let me use some scripture words. So Hittite, this Hittite named Uriah, who was a servant, an honorable man, like the brother had mentioned in the chat earlier. This man was put to sleep, okay? 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 25. Then David said unto the messenger, Thus shalt thou say unto Joab, Let not this thing displease thee, for the sword devours one as well as another. Make thy paddle more strong against the city and overthrow it and encourage thou him. So he secretly said to Joab, the commander, let not this thing displease thee. Because guess what? Joab knew what was going on. Joab peeped game. He saw that first this man invited him to go home. Then he invited the man to get drunk. Then now he's sending him to the foremost area to battle to be put to sleep. Make it make sense. Verse 26. And when and when the uh and when the wife of Uriah heard that her husband Uriah was asleep, she mourned for her husband. She mourned for him. And when the morning was past, David sent and fetched her to his house and she became his wife and bare him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased Yahweh. So this displeased the Most High. Y'all see that? So this brother got that man set up, man. He took no accountability. He took none whatsoever. So let's find out, right? Did this happen to the benefit of King David? Or did he break God's laws? Because we read the law earlier that a man should not multiply wives to himself if he's in a position of being a king, right? Which baffles me how some some uh, uh, believers say that, you know, brothers should get uh, more than one woman right now. So, 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 <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> it says, what did you notice from King's David actions? Did King David take accountability? All right, good. It got comments that said, broke him, good. All right. Did he take accountability or did he break the laws of the Most High? All right. Did he take accountability? All right. He said, that was definitely a sin. All praises. Yep, that was definitely a sin. All right. Another one said, uh, uh, all right. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Big D. If, if you don't like the content, stick around for more. We got over 300 episodes. We got 200 episodes of content. And I'm going to ask a simple question to the audience. Uh, Big D had made the comment. It's funny how these folks only use fake AI pictures to spread fake history. I'm going to read a verse out of the Bible. Since we got a score for, let's entertain the score for, let's do it for, let's just do it for, for, for righteousness sake, right? Because the Bible says, blessed is the man that walked not in the counsel of the godly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of scornful. And the scriptures also say, the fool saith in his heart, there is no God. So let's prove some history real quick. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 48. Somebody put it in the chat. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 48. Deuteronomy 28, verse 48. Put it in the chat, put it in the chat, put it in the chat. Deuteronomy 28, verse 48. I'll wait for it to be in the chat, and then we're going to read it. I'll wait for it to be in the chat. We got some more people said he broke the law. We got some more people said he tried to hide it. All praises, all praises. All right, let's read Deuteronomy 28, verse 48. It says, Therefore, referring to the Israelites, shall thou serve thy enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee, in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things. And he 
shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he has destroyed thee. So, hmm, there's a prophecy in the Bible written thousands of years before it happened. This was documented by a man by the name of Moses. And he said, if you as a nation of people don't follow the rules and regulations of God Almighty, you're going to have to do what? Serve your enemy, not your friend, for hunger, that's food, for thirst, that's water, for nakedness, that's clothing, and in want of all things. So now, let's examine the Trans-Saharan, Transatlantic, Trans-Pacific enslavement trade. Were Black Latinos and Native American forced to serve the Spanish, the Dutch, the Portuguese during slavery for food, water, clothes, and everything? Did that happen? Yes or no? Put a yes in the chat. Put a no in the chat. Were your ancestors, right, those Blacks, those Latinos, those Native Americans, make sure you share the room, make sure you share the room. Make sure they share the room. Please share the room. Yes or no? Did your ancestors serve those that didn't have their best interests at heart? Okay, we got yes. We got yes. We got yes. All right, that's three people. So under the testimony of three, two or three witnesses, the matter is established. You can readily go to a history book or you can go to slavevoyages.org, slavevoyages.org, and look up the documents, the slave manifestos, where Harvard University and Yale University documented the names of people that were put on enslavement. And guess what? They had Hebrew names, y'all. Buya, Nehemya, Kuya, like Jeremiah, like Nehemiah. Why would these so-called, quote-unquote, African slaves have Hebrew names? Are we making this up? No. Read a history book. We're, we call it history. The Bible calls it prophecy, meaning it was written before Nostradamus. It was written before the Epic of Gilgamesh. But people will listen to Nostradamus before they even read the Bible and realize it's talking about you. It's talking about the descendants of slavery and colonialism. So is this made up? Don't get it twisted, brother. We ain't making nothing up. Just because you see an AI picture on the chat, don't mean <laughs> on the picture, it don't mean that we're not giving you factual information about your history. Ask, ask Malcolm X. Was he fighting against enslavement and oppression in the Americas by the same individuals that put yokes of iron chains around your neck? Come on, man. <laughs> Let's read it again. Therefore thou shalt serve thy enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee, in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things. So think today. The major corporations that pro provide food services, restaurants, the Walmarts that own these things, majority of them are not owned by the descendants of those that were enslaved, right? Not your, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man owns those things, right? The, the vast majority of food services in the continent of America is not owned by us. When it comes to thirst, your water bill, your, uh, your light bill, your, your bills that you pay, your utilities, right? Does, does your nation of people own it? 
Or was it the same quote-unquote enemies that put yokes of iron on your neck that destroyed you mentally, that called you Negro, that called you Latino, right? That called you Native American instead of a Hebrew. Did they say, you have to serve me in order to get something to drink? You want some water? Yes, sir, boss, I want some water. Well, work on my plantation. Work, 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 work. Come on, y'all. Is this made up? We call it history. The Bible calls it prophecy. Then it says, and in nakedness, your food, your water, your clothing, your textiles, your warehouses. Yes, we may have some individuals that have fashion industry insight, some clothing lines here and there. But a majority of the clothing that gets made and stolen out of the continent of Africa, like the people were stolen, right? These corporations, these governmental structures are not owned by your people. <laughs> then it says, and he and he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he has destroyed thee. What are we reading? The Bible. All you got to do is do a Google search right now. You type yoke of iron, KJV, and click images. And the first thing you're going to see pop up is a black man with a chain around his neck. What are we reading? The Bible. Thank you. Thank you, Scoffer. Come again. <laughs> Thank you. Come again. I'm, I'm, I'm pretending like my name is Punjabi. Thank you. Come again. Welcome to the Quickie Mart. Thank you. Come again. <laughs> All right, let's go back to uh, 2 Samuel chapter 12. So let's find out what the Most High said to David about his actions. Did he accept the blame or did he shift the blame and not accept the shame? Let's find out. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 1. Put it in the chat. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 1. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 1. And it reads, and the Lord said unto Nathan, I'm sorry, and the Lord said unto Nathan, unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, there were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up. And it grew up together with him and with his children. And it did eat of his own meat and drink of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. So we're reading a story here where Nathan is talking to, Nathan is talking to David and explaining something to him in a parable, okay? If you notice, right, there's books called Proverbs, there's books called Psalms. There's a lot of things in the Bible that are written in parables, okay, dark sayings. These parables or dark sayings are given for us to understand deeper meaning of God's first five books of the Bible, meaning the laws, okay? So you'll read a story and the story or parable is related to something that you read in the past in the Bible, so if you notice, for example, the Messiah would always speak in parables. Why? Because the references can be found in the apocryphal writings, in the Old Testament writings, in the book of the prophets, okay? So now King David committed this egregious act. He set a man up and got that man put to sleep, right? Just nap, nap, gone, right? 
And now this prophet named Nathan is coming in to rebuke and correct King David. So he ain't going to come up and step up to the king and be like, King, you wicked as hell. You need to repent. You the devil. You the devil. You got the devil on you. Nah, he not going to do that because this is a king. You got to come correct. Okay. So what did he do? He talked to him in a parable. Watch this. He said, let's, let's jump to verse two again. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds. So this is a wealthy man with a whole bunch of sheep, flocks, and herds. Uh, but the poor man had nothing. The poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb. That's a, that's a female lamb, a baby lamb, right? Which he had bought and nourished up. And it grew up together with him and with his children. And it did eat of his own meat, that's his own food, and drink of his own cup, and lay in his bosom, and was unto him as a daughter. Verse 4. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was coming unto him, but took, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. So now, for those of you that are familiar with the Ten Commandments, what law, what law tells us not to take stuff from someone? What law tells us not to take? Anybody that's on the Discord, you can answer. Anybody that's on the chat on TikTok, you can answer. What law in the Ten Commandments tells us not to take. Put it in the chat. Put it in the chat. All right. We got coveting. We got thou shalt not steal. We got thou shalt not covet. Not to covet. Okay. We got thou shalt not steal. We got do not steal. You got you shall not steal. Ninth one, not covet. You got night covet. Okay, good, 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 good. So coveting is the desire for things unlawfully that's not yours. But stealing is the physical act, like robbery, like larceny, like theft, okay? When you take something, you physically took it. So the law that we're seeing here that's broken is the law that says, thou shalt not steal, okay? So let's read on. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 5. And David's anger... And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord live, the man that have done this thing shall surely go to sleep. So this man was so hot. He was, what they call it now, they call it 38 hot. My blood is boiling. I'm angry. <laughs> it's like, how dare this man steal a sheep? And he got a whole bunch of sheep in the cut. But he going to take this man's sheep? You kidding me? As God lives on the earth, I'm going to take this man. I'm going I'm to handle that. You know, you know, you know, people from the hood, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm going to handle that, right? <laughs> then it says, verse 6, and he, and he shall restore, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Verse 7, and Nathan said to David, thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel. So Yahweh said this, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. Y'all remember in the story how Saul was trying to take uh, David out, right? And, and 
the Most High took Saul out and appointed David as the king. Y'all remember that story? Then it says, and I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives unto thy bosom and gave thee the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I, I would have moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Wherefore, hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast put to sleep Uriah the Hittite with the sword and hast taken his wife to be thy wife. And thou hast unalived him with the war or the sword of the children of Ammon. So he used the Japanese warriors, the, 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 the ninjas and the, uh, uh, the people with the katanas and all of them, right? The samurai to come and fight against Uriah the Hittite and to unalive him, right? That's what happened. And the Most High was mad. He's like, this thing displeased me. So this is the same thing that we see in the scenario between Adam and Eve, right? Adam and Hava, right? What happened? The Most High said, hey, did you partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil like I told you not to? Did you go into lawlessness like I told you not to? Are you going to accept the blame? Are you going to accept the shame? Or are you going to shift? Are you going to shift? So now King David is, is like caught up. He's hemmed up now. He's hemmed up now because the very thing that he thought he got away with, nope, the most I said, nope, I got you, bruh. You my kid. I got to chastise you. I got to chastise you. Watch this. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 10. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from thine house. The sword shall never depart from thy house. If you wonder why the tribe of Judah is suffering from black-on-black -black crime, if you wonder why the tribes of Israel are suffering from black-on-black -black crime, Latino-Latino crime, the other nations coming against us, the Most High said it. The Most High did it. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from thine house because, because thou hast despised me. Notice that by him committing the act of infidelity, it wasn't that he hated the man. He despised the law of the creator. It says, and has taken the wife of Uriah, the Hittite, to be thy wife. That woman belonged to that man right there, but you took her. That wasn't right. You shouldn't have did that. Verse 11, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will raise up against, I'm sorry, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house. Watch how the most high is so, so glorious, man. Your arm's too short to box with God. When the most high say payback, it come to you bad, y'all. I'm telling you, bad. That's why we got to take accountability and accept the shame and never shift the blame. When you do something wrong, you repent, you confess, you say, hey, I'm wrong for this. I'm not going to do this again. I'm going to get my mind right with the Most High and learn from my mistakes, male and female. Okay? This is a class about accountability. So you got to make sure you understand the importance of accepting the shame instead of shifting the blame. Watch this. Thus saith Yahweh, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thy own house, and will take thy wives from before thine eyes, and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. Wow. For thou did, didst it secretly, 
but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Wow. They go to accountability now. Once that, once that judgment comes, <laughs> it's like, oh, shoot. I've sinned. I messed up. I committed a lawless act. Wow. I am wrong. Guess what happened? He got the spirit back. Like the scriptures say, renew in my mind a clean heart, right? So the man ended up realizing every action he did was out of order, misaligned from the creator. The devil blinded him, right? Watch this. And Nathan said unto David, the Lord also has put away thy sin. Thou shalt not be put to sleep. So the most high, like the scripture says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, right? The most high decided to have mercy on David. But because David did not get put to sleep, does that mean that the judgment didn't, didn't stand? Nope, the judgment stand. So let's read on. Howbeit, because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely be put to sleep. So the judgment came from the Most High, right? That as a king, as a man that's responsible over the nation, judgment is going to afflict his family, but that same judgment is going to impact the nation because the other nations of people see how we conduct ourselves. And when we don't operate by the law, statutes, and commandments, we basically blaspheme, okay? And the other nations are able to blaspheme the Most High and say, well, see, God's chosen people ain't doing it, so why the hell I got to follow the laws? This is why it's very important for us to stand up for the Most High and keep these commandments unequivocally, undoubtedly, undubitably. <laughs> you got to stand up for the Most High, stand up for your people, stand up for these laws, all right? So now let's read on and find out what happens with King David's child, the judgment that took place. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 15. And Nathan departed unto his house, and Yahweh struck the child that Uriah's wife bare unto David, and it was very sick. Verse 16. David therefore besought God for the child, and David fasted and went in and lay all night upon the earth. So notice this, right? Whenever, and this is a good life lesson for us, right? Whenever there's sickness, whenever there's affliction going on in the family, in the household, okay, make sure you give yourself over to fasting and prayer. Perhaps the Most High will have mercy. I've seen countless of stories of people that were afflicted with the recent uh, medicine that was projected throughout the whole earth. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? C-19. And... The Most High delivered many people from that great affliction that transpired. So exercise wisdom. Even the Messiah said some evil spirits, some sicknesses, some disease don't go unless you're praying and fasting. Praying and fasting, okay? Make sure you do that. All right, so let's read on. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 17. Does this make sense, everybody? Put a one in the chat if this makes sense. Is anybody confused? Put a one in the chat if this makes sense. 
on TikTok, on TikTok. Put a one in the chat if this makes sense. Nobody's confused. Okay, all praises, all praises. All right, so let's read on. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 16. David therefore besought God for the child, and David fasted and went in and laid all night upon the earth. Verse 17. And the elders of the house arose and went to him to raise him up from the earth, but he would not. Neither did he eat bread with them. You ever been so down? This man really loved the fact that he had a child. This is a good black father right here, right? This man was so down that he laid on the earth and didn't get up. I know y'all mamas and y'all grandmamas had them days where they were so sad and they didn't even want to get out of bed. You know, somebody passed away or some sort of affliction happened and you were really downtrodden and distraught. But guess what? You could still bounce back from that. You could still bounce back from that, okay? Let's read on. And it came to pass on the seventh day that the child fell asleep. And the servants of David feared to tell him that the child was asleep. For they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spake unto him, and he would not hearken unto our voice. How will we then vex him if we tell him that the child is unalive? Verse 19. But when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was asleep. The tree was cut down. Therefore, David said unto his servants, Is the child asleep? And they said, He is asleep. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of Yahweh and worshiped. Then he came to his own house, and when he required, they set bread before him, and he did eat. Then said his servants unto him, What thing is this that thou hast done, that thou didst fast and weep for the child while it was alive? But when the child was asleep, thou didst rise and eat bread? And he said, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live, but now he is unalive? Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? Shall I go to him? But he shall not return to me. So what do we notice from this, right? We notice that he finally accepted, he finally accepted the punishment. David finally accepted the punishment, okay? This is what we have to do in this captivity. David finally realized the shameful behavior, and he accepted the consequences, took accountability for his actions. So now how can we relate to this? Many times we experience negative things that happen. And instead of having self-reflection, we blame others. This was an epiphany that I had yesterday. I was talking to a relative. I was telling a relative about a situation, and I was going into the cause versus the effect with him. And I was saying, hey, look, because this happened, the end result was this. And then he said to me, I listen to you, and I hear you, and I acknowledge, yes, there is a cause and effect. However... Once you said, I did this because they did that, you're forgetting the I. 
I was the one that committed the act. I was the one that did this. I was the, that's accepting the shame. Sometimes in life, it's not good to feel like we're wrong, but that's the spirit of repentance, change. A wise man is going to realize their mistakes. A wise woman is going to realize their mistakes and take accountability. Yes, you ain't do right. Like, like they say in the church, right? Well, ain't nobody perfect. But that's, does that mean to stop trying to reach perfection? Does that mean to stop trying to attain the greatness? Does that mean to be lame like everybody else? To be mediocre like everybody else? The Most High said he chose you to be above, above all nations of the earth. So why are you going to settle for less? Why are you going to let your sins weigh you down? Why are you going to let mistakes and regrets and negative things that happen in your life cause you to fall astray? Don't do that thing. Accept it. Accept it and move forward. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. 2 Corinthians in the New Testament, the new covenant given to the Israelites only, the new covenant, New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Put it in the chat, put it in the chat. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. So what we're learning is whether we should shift the blame or accept the shame, whether we should take accountability for our actions, right? Very important, very important. All praises. Thank you for posting the scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. If you don't have your Bible out while we're doing this TikTok live, you out the spirit. There should be no reason we having a discussion and you don't have your Bible out. What's a Listen, what's a warrior without a weapon? An unalive warrior. <laughs> the Bible is a sword. The Bible is a weapon. If you don't got your weapon with you while we going over these scriptures, I don't know what's wrong with you. You on TikTok and you listening to the Bible and you got jokers on here coming and say, that's not true, that's not real, but they're not reading it for themselves. Read the words verbatim while we're going over it so you can read along while we're going over the teaching. This ain't the Christian church, y'all. You're not here to be professional students. You're here to learn the information and regurgitate it. Learn it, teach it. Learn it, teach it. You understand? <laughs> grab your Bible. <laughs> grab, your, grab your weapon, all right? 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Examine yourselves. Examine yourselves. Whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves? How that Jesus Christ is in you? Yahushua HaMashiach is in you. Except you be reprobates. Except you be undisciplined people that have no form of judgment in your mind. Notice what the words are saying. Examine yourself. Does it say examine your brother? Does it say examine your sister? Does it say examine the pastor? Does it say examine your elder? Does it say examine the bishop? Does it say examine the deacon? Does it say examine the, 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 the politician? Does it say examine your, your cousin? Your cousin Ray Ray down the block did something bad and you got to examine him and you correct him, but you in turn, you doing some bad stuff and you ain't fixing you. Examine yourselves. Like the Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Sometimes y'all, let's be real. Sometimes we got to check ourselves. Sometimes we got to say, self, stop what you're doing. Think about this before you do this. Self, 
Was this the right decision I made? Self? Was I supposed to do that? No. Why did I do that? That was a bad decision. And check it. Reflect on it. Proverbs chapter uh, 28 says, He that confesseth his sins, he that confesseth and forsaketh his sins shall obtain mercy. Some people confess and say, Lord, I sinned. But then they leave it at that. Some say, Lord, I most high, I sinned. Please forgive me. And then they leave it at that. But then they go right back to doing the same thing. We got to get to the mindset where we be like, look, I've examined myself or not. I, I have examined myself enough where I'm not going to fall for this trick no more. I'm not going to. Happy Sabbath. Welcome, welcome. I'm not going to fall for this trick. No, you got to get to the point spiritually where you realize, oh, nope, this is going to make me lie. Let me stay away from that. Oh, this friendship with this person is going to cause me to go smoke. Let me stay away from that. Oh, this friendship with this person is going to cause me to go start drinking and go to the club and party. And let me stay away from them. Oh, dealing with that woman. Oh, no, that's going to cause me to commit adultery against my wife. Oh, dealing with that man. He may be handsome, but now he's going to cause me to uh, commit adultery against my husband. Oh, dealing with this job is going to make me work on the Sabbath. Examine yourself. <laughs> You can't make this stuff up. People make excuses. We got to stop with the BS, y'all. We got to stop with the cow excrement, y'all. All right? Look at God looking at you and saying, you full of cow doo-doo. Tell the truth. Accept, accept the shame. Watch this. Verse 6. But I trust that ye, this is Paul speaking to the Israelites in Corinth. He's saying, but I trust that you shall know that we are not reprobates, meaning what? We are not void of judgment. Verse 7, now I pray to God that you do no evil. So part of examining yourself is seeing, accepting the shame, and confessing and forsaking your sins. Accepting that you made a mistake and saying, I don't want to do that no more. You got to say, this has no power over me. If you're an alcoholic, you say, hey, alcohol got no power over me. If you're a smoker, you say, smoking don't got no power over me. If you got a problem with lust, you say, lust has no power over me. If you like chocolate, you say, chocolate has no power over me. If you have an issue with your brother or your sister, you're going to say, anger has no power over me. If you have an issue with covetousness and stealing and robbing, you're going to say, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to steal. I'm going to commit uh, the righteous act. I'm going to get a job or I'm going to become an entrepreneur and make a better way for my family and my life. Examine yourselves. Examine yourselves. Examine yourselves. Examine yourselves. But I trust that you shall know that we are not reprobates. Now, I pray to God that you do no evil, meaning what? Don't be lawless. Don't be full of sin. Don't be full of iniquity. Understand your purpose. Your purpose is to keep the commandments and to live forever. Your purpose is to keep the commandments and live forever. You are royalty. You are chosen. You are selected. You are elected above all nations of the earth. And with that comes responsibility. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. Don't just walk the don't just talk the talk, walk the walk. You understand? Don't make excuses like David did. Don't make excuses and shift the blame like Adam and Eve did. Watch this. But I trust thee 
that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. The word reprobates means somebody that's void of judgment, somebody that can't discern between good and bad, that can't tell the difference between something that's good for them and something that's bad for them. 99.99999% of people on the earth go by what they feel, my feelings, how I feel at the moment. Oh, girl, you cheated on your husband. Why, why did you cheat on your husband? My feelings. I'm not happy. My feelings. My God don't give. Not, listen, God does not care about your feelings. God cares about if you are obedient. <laughs> why did you go rob the bank, sir? Uh, 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 I felt like I needed some money, and so I went to the uh, lotto, and I, I, you know, it was my last uh, lotto ticket, and I, I, I swiped the numbers, and it was wrong, and I just went to the bank, and I said, give me all your money. No, that is wrong. That is somebody that's void of judgment. That's reprobate. When you get to the point, right, where somebody shows you that something is a sin and you still go for it, you make a mistake, come back to the most high. But don't ever get to the point where you give up and you say, hey, to hell with this Bible. I'm not going to do nothing this Bible say. I'm not going to keep the commandments no more. I'm going to go back to eating shrimp, crab, and lobster. I'm going to go back to living in the world. I'm going to live it up. All right? Don't do that. You know what that's like? That's like that dude in, um, what's that show called? There's a movie in the Matrix, right? Where in the Matrix movie, there's a character by the name of Cypher, right? And Cypher says, he's sitting down at a, a restaurant, fancy restaurant, right? And he's like, I know that this food is fake. I know this steak in my mouth is fake. I know it's not real, but, but I'm still going to eat it I'm still going to eat it because I want to eat it. And I know the matrix is not real, but I'm still going to believe that it's real, even though it's a deception. We can't operate like that, y'all. We cannot operate like that. When you know something ain't real, like this world, every listen, everything you thought you knew about this society and the world that we live in today is a lie. I'm going to tell you the truth. Christmas is a lie. There is no fat Caucasian male that's going to come down your chimney to give you gifts. He is not real. That's a figment of the church's imagination. Birthdays are a lie. Those were set up in the past. Guess what? Birthdays wasn't even celebrated in the United States of America until the 1960s, y'all. Prior to that, it was never celebrated in this country. But you will have people that will fight tooth and nail to tell you why I can't worship myself, why I can't go to the club and party. You got people that call themselves Christians. They claim to be followers of Christ, and there's not a single Bible verse that says to follow birthdays, and they'll still do it. They'll still think that an Easter bunny, right, that this pagan system of a bunny can excrete eggs a mammal, a mammal. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. They say a mammal can excrete eggs out of their body and they convince children that this little rabbit is hiding eggs in the lawn to go run around and chase themselves and grab eggs and inside the fake egg is some candy. Makes no sense whatsoever. Those are individuals that are void of judgment. They don't understand by worship, worshiping under other gods, right? Worshiping other deities you're incurring the wrath of the creator by simple things like lying, stealing, worshiping of other gods. You're bringing generational curses to yourself. 
This is why we have this type of structure to help you to overcome. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are higher than the things that are traditions of this world. You were made to be royalty to reign above the nations. Why would you follow after your oppressor's customs? Fourth of July, here's an example. Fourth of July, 1776, July the 4th. You were still enslaved. Both blacks and Latinos and Native Americans were still fighting for freedom on July 4th, 1776. Tell me I'm lying. Tell me I'm lying. <laughs> Tell me I'm lying. So, but we celebrate these things unknowingly and we're sitting there looking like zombies lost in a sauce. I know y'all not reprobate. I know y'all not void of judgment. I know y'all ask questions. Where did this come from? Why do we do this that we're doing? So then when you realize that it's a lie, you're like, hey, I'm not going to partake in that no more. I'm not going to deal with it. I had a relative that called me and say, Merry Christmas. I said to him, look, man, if you research the etymology of the word Merry Christmas, like where it comes from, you would never say that to me. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, okay, let me explain. The word Merry means what? It means happy, right? It means joyful, right? Okay, yes. Merry, happy, joyful. Okay, I get that. Christ, what does that mean? Anointed one, right? Mashiach, Messiah. Now, what does the word mass mean? What does the word mass mean? Can anybody tell me what the word mass means? Put it on the chat. Put it on the chat. What does the word mass mean? Does anybody know? Let me see. Let me see who's an avid reader. Mass. Okay, somebody said large amounts. Okay, I like that. Plenty. Okay. Plenty. Okay, in one context, mass does mean that, like a calculation of weight or a calculation of majority. Okay. So now, if you research the word mass, it's an old Latin word. It's an old Latin word called misa or misa. This Latin word is the same word that means dismissal. Misa, dismissal, mass. Mass means to dismiss. I'll give you an example. For a funeral mass, right? A mass grave, a funeral mass. That means this is a mass that's held to dismiss that person to be unalive. So little did you know, everyone that's going around saying happy or Merry Christmas they're saying happy unalive of the Messiah. You're literally praising the fact that the Romans plunged the spear into the Messiah and unalived him. That's what you're doing every December 25th. They've deceived you to worship the devil and praise Satan for the destruction of God's son. That's what you're doing when, when the Catholic Church convinced you to say Merry Christ Mass. You're saying happy dismissal of Christ. Get rid of the black man. Get rid of the black man. Get rid of them. Put them on a cross and let them go. Let them be unalive. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. So tell your relatives, what did you learn on Forefront today? Uh, if I learned anything, I learned, hey, I ain't celebrating Christmas no more. Why? Because you saying happy dismissal of my Messiah. And I don't believe that. I believe this black man resurrected from the grave and this man is going to come back and save his people. Watch this. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8. For we can do nothing against the truth, 
but for the truth. So at the end of the day, no one can do nothing against the truth that we have a black Messiah, that the Hebrews are black, that the uh, Israelites were scattered into all slavery, uh, into all nations. They can do nothing against this truth. The fact that you're waking up and you're in this room and you learned that you are the people of this Bible, that should make you say, wow, I'm going to live and do what this book says. So now we're going to look at one last example of someone, a couple, right? A couple, whether they shifted the blame or accepted the shame, whether they shifted the blame, we're going to look at one last example and the example we're going to look at is Ananias and Sapphira. Y'all know that's, some, that's a brother and a sister. Ananias and Sapphira. That sounds like a sister right there. Sapphira. <laughs> Y'all know that's a black person right there. <laughs> so we're going to read Acts chapter 5. We're going to start at verse 1. Acts chapter 5. We're going to start at verse 1. Acts chapter 5. Let's see if y'all put it in the chat. Acts chapter 5, verse 1. Acts chapter 5, verse 1. We're going to start right there. It says, But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. So Ananias or Ananiah in the Hebrew, or Zephira in the Hebrew. So these two people, the man and his wife, they sold the possession, something that they owned. It was already theirs to begin with, but they kept back part of the price. They laid the remainder at the apostles' feet and said, here you go. Hey, y'all niggas get the crumbs. Here you go. This is what they did. Get the crumbs. Here we go. Right? Now look at how Peter responds to the situation. Acts chapter 5, verse 3. But Peter said, Ananias, why have Satan filled thy heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Let's read it again. But Peter said to Ananias, why have Satan filled thine heart, filled your mind, to lie, to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land. So in this scripture that we're reading, what law, what law did Ananias break? What law did Ananias break right here? What law in the Ten Commandments or in any other section of scripture did you see that this man broke? Nala, there we go. Nala, all praises to the Most High. Thou shalt not lie. Precept me like three of them. Good. Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not lie. There we go. Thou shalt not bear false witness. I love it. I love it. I love it. Good, 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 good. All praises. Y'all all right. Y'all all right. For my second TikTok live on my personal channel, y'all all right. <laughs> Much love. I appreciate y'all. I got the smartest uh, TikTok live is on here, man. For real. All praises. All right. So, he lied, he bared false witness, not to the apostles, because where did he put the money? He put the apostles at the feet of, he put the money at the feet of the apostles. He ain't put it to, to the most high. 
but it says that Satan filled his mind that he lied to the Holy Ghost. This is why I tell people, look, if you lying, you ain't lying to me. You lying to God. You're not lying to me. You think you hurting my feelings? Nah, you're not bearing false witness to me. You lying to God. That's between you and the most high. Don't add me to your lie. I'm good. I'd I rather keep the commandments. I'd rather overcome my sins. If you want to live a lie and follow the ways of the world, that's on you. But don't put your lie on me because you ain't lying to me. You lie to God. <laughs> so that's what you got to do now. Whenever you encounter somebody that bears false witness, that slanders, or what's another one? Gossip. Gossip. We got an entire industry, movies, magazines, books, with people, talk shows dedicated to gossip, to lying, to bearing false witness. Any wise person would say, I don't want no parts of that. Sorry, Wendy Williams. Sorry, Shade Room. Sorry, Breakfast Club. Anything I got to do with lying and gossiping, I don't want nothing to do with it. I should be listening to the Forefront Radio. I should be listening to Israelites that's bringing out the truth of this Bible, my history from a biblical-based perspective. That's what I should be listening to. You understand? Verse 4. Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou con conceived this thing in thy heart, that thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God? So what did he say? You ain't lying to me. You lie to God. Y'all send some invites. Bring more people in the room. Bring more people to the room. Send some invites. Every one of y'all should. I got 36 people in the room right now. Y'all should be sharing with at least 10 people. Y'all should be sharing this room with at least 10 people in your chat. Share the room, share the room, share the room. Y'all should be sharing with at least 10 people, okay? All right. Uh, let's read a comment. It says, I have no idea what's going on in the world. I'm so out of touch. <laughs> yeah, man, you got to be disconnected. You got to be disconnected, unplugged. All right, we got a precept. We got uh, Sirach chapter 11, verse 10. Let's pull that up real quick before we go back to uh, Acts chapter 5, verse 4. Let's go to Sirach. Appreciate the precept. Sirach chapter 11. Sirach. Ecclesiasticus, Sirach chapter 11, verse 10. All right, here we go. I love it, I love it, I love it. It says, my son, meddle not with many matters. For if thou meddle much, thou shalt not be innocent. And if thou follow after, thou shalt not obtain, neither shalt thou escape by fleeing. So what is that telling us, right? That's telling us, right, that we shouldn't mess with everything. We should not mess with everything. He's saying, leave it alone. Don't touch it. Don't pass by it. Because if you mess with it, you're not going to be innocent. If you mess with it, you're not going to be innocent. I'm telling you. So if you follow after what you're not supposed to do, once you get in trouble, you're not going to be able to escape it unless the Most High grants you mercy. You understand? Unless the Most High grants you mercy, you're not going to be able to escape it. So make sure you don't meddle with stuff that you shouldn't mess with. Good precept. All praises to the Most High. All praises to the Most High. All right, let's go back to Acts. Let's go back to Acts. So we see in the example of Acts, you got Ananias that with his wife that was knowledgeable about the event. They sold something. And what happened? 
They brought the stuff to the apostles, but lied. They only, they kept back part of the money and gave them only the crumbs. So let's read on and find out what happens. Acts chapter 5, verse 4. So Peter is talking to him, and he says this. Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Wasn't that, wasn't that money yours? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thy heart? Why did you think this in your mind? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. Wait a minute. He's in a crowd of people. He gave the money on the floor, and one man stands up and says, Look, you come in here and you, what, what put in your mind that you could lie to the Most High? You're not lying to men, you're lying to God. As soon as he hears it, he drops to the floor. Everybody's shocked. Everybody's shocked. Everybody's scared. Great fear fell on all of them that heard these things. And the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. Verse 5, verse 7. And it was about the space of three hours when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. So this man was already buried, right? Three hours later, his wife walks in. Let's see how she responds. Does she shift the blame? Does she accept the shame? What happens? Let's see. Verse 8. And Peter answered and said unto her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that you have agreed together to tempt the spirit of Yahweh? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Then she fell down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her unalive and carried her forth, burying her by her husband. And great fear and great fear came upon all the church. So all the Israelites that were here at this moment, when they heard these things, they were fearful. They were fearful. So now, what are we learning from this third example? We're learning the importance of telling the truth. We're learning also that the, the, the saints, the saints of the Most High, have a right to pass judgment on these things. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. Watch this. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. It says, Do you not know that the saints, the saints, the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye not worthy, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? So, a lot of times when people read words in the Bible, they think these words have multiple applications to different groups of people. The only saints in the Bible are the Israelites and the angels. The only, let me say it again. The only saints in the Bible are the Israelites. So in Corinthians, 
Paul is speaking to Israelites that live in the land of Corinth, okay, that live in the land of Corinth, and he's telling them that don't you know that you are going to have the authority to judge the entire planet? You're going to have rulership over the world. So if you're going to have rulership over the world and the world is going to be judged by you, are you not unworthy to judge the smallest things? This is why there's a lack of accountability in our communities. Because no one wants to stand up and say, right is right and wrong is wrong. No one wants to stand up and say, I'm not going to accept the agendas of deception on the world. I'm not going to accept the lies that you taught me and my people. I'm not going to accept black-on-black crime, drug use, alcoholism, tobacco, and every other uncouth thing that's on this planet. You understand? All right, from there. Uh, oh, we got a brother that put a precept. All right, all praise. Hey, shalom, Vargasim. What's in Christ bus? Uh, we got Psalms 50. Let's go to Psalms 50. Do, 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 do. Psalms 50. Psalms 50. Psalms chapter 50, verse 5 through 8. And it reads, Gather my saints together. Oh, there we go. Gather my saints together. Gather my saints together. Who's speaking? The Most High God. Gather my saints together unto me. Those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. So what nation of people on the earth was given the law and covenant through animal sacrifice? Was it the Chinese? Was it the Japanese? Was it the British? What is the Dutch? What is the, was it the Vatican? Was it those folks in Mecca that, that do the Hajj and walk around a little uh, circle, stone thing? Who, who was given a covenant and call saints. Let's read on. And the heaven shall declare his righteousness, for God is judge himself, Salah. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, O Israel, O Israel, and I will testify against thee. I am Elohim, and even thy God. So Eloah is telling us, I am the one that's your God, Israel. I'm the one speaking to you. I'm the one that rose from the grave. I am the one that created you. I am the one that formed the heavens. Everything that was made on the earth was made for me and by me. And my father gave me the authority to do it. You are my saints, Israel. There's no Catholic saint. There's no Baptist saint. There's no Islamic saint. There's no Judaism saint. Sorry, not sorry. The only saints are the descendants of the real Israelites, the real ones. All right. Sorry, Mother Teresa. <laughs> All right. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 26, verse 14. Leviticus chapter 26, verse uh, 14. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 14. And it reads, but if ye will not hearken unto me and will not do all these commandments, but if ye shall despise my statutes or if your soul abhor my judgments so that you will not do all my commandments, but that you break my covenant. We just read it. Somebody had a covenant and it wasn't the other nations. 
Somebody had a covenant, and it wasn't everybody on the planet. Somebody had a covenant, and it was given to who? The Israelites, the Israelites. That's blacks, Hispanics, Native Americans, okay? Children of the diaspora, children that have been scattered across the four corners of the earth, all over the planet. The descendants of slavery and colonization, okay? Only, only. If you despise God's laws, if you don't follow his rules, what's going to happen? Verse 16, I also will do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terror, terror, terror. So what is it that we have encountered while we came to America? Terror. What was it that we experienced when our ancestors were put on the bottom of ships? Terror. What was it that we experienced when we were being slid up a tree by a rope and being put to sleep against our will? Terror. That is domestic terror. What is it when we see people that are being afflicted and mistreated and discriminated against by the same group of people that put yokes and chains around your neck and turn around and say, God bless America, God bless UK, God bless France, God bless all these oppressors. Terror. That's what we experience. That's what we're experiencing to this day. The same people that enslaved you still make you pay taxes. The same people that enslaved you still make you pay bills. Why do I still owe you money for stuff you stole? You stole it. You stole the land. You stole the wood from me. You stole the buildings from me. You stole the architecture. You stole the gold, the silver, the people. And now you make me work from day to day for minimum wage. Minimum wage wage. I don't care if you make six figures. Minimum wage. I don't care if you make a million dollars. That's minimum wage. Do you know how much millions and billions and trillions of dollars that they made off the global trade? Banking institutions were created for them saving money that they used in the enslavement practices of our ancestors, right? Fashion industries of clothing, were made off the backs of our ancestors picking cotton. The tobacco industry, billions of millions of dollars. We talking about reparations. Negro, you're supposed to rule the world. Latino, you're supposed to rule the planet. To hell with reparations. We were appointed terror and subject to payments. Let's read that real quick. Let's read that real quick. Baruch chapter 3. Baruch chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. Let's read that real quick. All praises to the Most High. All praises to the Most High. Baruch chapter 3, verse 8. Because we hard-headed and we don't want to accept the shame. Let's accept the punishment of our iniquities and turn back to the Most High. Baruch chapter 3, verse 8. Behold, we are yet this day in our captivity, where thou hast scattered us for a reproach and a curse, and to be subject to payments. And to be subject to payments. Eyes freeze now. No, you're not. No, you're not. Behold, we are yet this day in our captivity. We're still in captivity, y'all. What's another word for captivity? Slavery. Try to, try to drive a car without a permission slip called the driver's license, and you'll find out real quick when they put you in captivity. What's that? Being behind bars. 
Find out when you read the 13th Amendment of the United States Constitution, they say mm-hmm. you're free, you're free from slavery and involuntary servitude, mm-hmm. except, except if you commit a crime and you're duly convicted. So they shifted it now and it said, instead of calling you Negro, instead of calling you Latino, instead of calling you Indian, I'm going to call you criminal. I'm going to call you a thug. I'm going to brainwash you to call yourselves thugs and thoughts. I'm going to brainwash you now to, to bring generational curses to yourself. But you're free? But you're free? Huh. And to be subject to payments. Behold, we are yet this day in our captivity where thou hast scattered us. Where have we been scattered? North America, South America, Central America, the Caribbean islands. You'll see people that look just like you from different regions of the earth. And you'll be like, hold up, that brother from Mexico looked like my cousin. Hold up, that brother from Haiti looked like my aunt, my uh, uncle. That sister from uh, P- Panama looked like my my cousin from uh, uh, two, two other families that I know. Because we were scattered. Wait a minute. This person that's a Palestinian, this Afro-Palestinian, he looked just like my cousin Ray Ray them. Hold up. This, this, this dude that's in Spain, this dude, this black brother that's light-skinned brown, this brown brother looked like a Mexican. What is a Mexican doing in Spain? What does the Indian do? You look like a Native American. What you doing in Portugal? You don't look Caucasian to me. Why, why, why you got, bro, you look like an Aztec descendant. What are, you, what, what, are you, what are you doing over here? What are you doing over here? Behold, we have been scattered to all places of the earth, y'all. You have been scattered. This, is, this Bible is about you. This Bible is about us. This Bible is about you. For a reproach and a curse and to be subject to payments. And then God tells you why. According to all the iniquities of our fathers, which departed from Yahweh, which departed from Yahweh, which departed from the Lord, Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh Shah, whatever, whatever y'all want to know, whatever you know, title y'all want to use, you know who I'm talking about. The creator of all things. I don't know if some Israelites get all wrapped up in that. The creator of all things. Then he says, here. Israel. So now you know who the the context is of. The people that went into captivity, the people that are scattered, they call it today a diaspora, which is why the Forefront Radio was made for the diaspora, the scattered. Right? You got people that's in Africa that look just like you. You got people that are in Spain and Portugal, in Iraq, Iran, in India that look just like you. And they're your ancestors. They're your brothers. They're your sisters. They're your cousins. They're your relatives. But just like they don't know who they are, but you're learning who you are, your responsibility is to learn this information and share it with others. Wake them up, y'all. Wake them up. Learn as much information as you can and wake up the lost tribes of Israel, 12 tribes scattered worldwide. Listen to the unction that the Most High says. Hear Israel. Hear Israel. Listen, Israel. The commandments of life. Give ear to understand wisdom. Give ear, O Israel, the commandments of life. I'm telling you how you can get eternal life. 
eternal life, living forever, is to put away disobedience and keep the commandments of the creator. I'm telling you why we're keeping the commandments. You see, in the church, they'll say, oh, listen to God and, and follow God, but they never tell you why. The reason why is when you listen to God and keep his commandments, you receive generational blessings. That means your kids, your kids, kids, your kids, 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 kids. Give ear to understand this wisdom. You're learning this information so you can get into the kingdom and rule the earth forever. This is the key. The commandments of God and faith in the black Messiah for deliverance is the key to eternal life. Now let's go back to Leviticus chapter 20. Good precept. All praise to the Most High. Let's go back to Leviticus 20. Leviticus 26. I'm almost done, y'all. I know I kept y'all here for a minute. I appreciate y'all. Leviticus 26. Let's go to verse 17. Let's go to 17. We're going to read 17 and 18, okay? It says, and I, and I will set my, I'm sorry, let me jump back up to 16 because we didn't finish it. Leviticus 26, verse 16. I also will do this unto you. I will even appoint over you Tara, consumption and the burning ague. The burning egg that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart, and ye shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. This is going into what? Colonialism, the stealing of natural resources, the uh, genetic modification of human beings through through uh, zoonotic diseases, okay? I.e., uh, materials that are mixed into uh, vials and given to people, right? tuberculosis, AIDS, HIV, Zika, you know, SARS, all these things, right? Smallpox, right? Like how the Native Americans and the indigenous population populations of our brothers and sisters were impacted by smallpox and tuberculosis when the conquistadors came and stole the, our seed, stole our land, our natural resources, stole our wood and water and sold it back to us, right? This is what we're learning from the Bible. Part of the generational curses of breaking God's law is that we received enslavement. Now what do we have to do? We have to accept it. So now our people were so hard-headed, God said, look, this is going to happen to you not one time, but seven times. Watch this. Verse 17. And I will set my face against you, and you shall be slain before your enemies. They that hate you shall reign over you, and you shall flee when none pursue you. So those that don't have our best interests at heart, are they ruling over us today? You better believe. Oh, good one. Tuskegee experiment. That's one, right? Uh, there's a book called Medical Apartheid where you can read about all the medical uh, conflicts that happened that impacted our people in a negative way. Okay. There's other books that talk about um, the economic manipulation of the various quote unquote third world nations where Israelites uh, live. The book is called The Confessions of an Economic Hitman by an Edomite by the name of John Perkins, where in this book he writes, he writes and documents how foreign nations that are dealing with U.S.-backed corporations, these nations in turn go and get loans, and these loans are given for the sole purpose to provide accommodations for natural subsidies in their region, but it's only set up 
by European-based companies and corporations. For example, you'll have a light company where electricity is provided to a place like, let's say, Panama or Venezuela or any other nation, right? Colombia, whatever, right? But then they bribe these individuals by giving them loans and saying, I'm going to give you a loan, but you're going to use an American-based oil company or a coal company or a UK-based company like BP or Exxon or Mobile or a Chinese-based company. This is what these nations do. And these nations have not had our best interests at heart. If our people refused these gifts of loans, quote-unquote, like from the IMF and from all these other places, they will put you to sleep. That's why some of our political leaders were put to sleep. That's why some of our religious leaders were put to sleep. Our civil rights leaders were put to sleep because they did not want to shake hands with the devil. All right. So did we listen? Did we take accountability for our sins and the sins of our ancestors? No. Verse 18. And if you will not yet for all this hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins, seven times more for your sins, right? So now let's think about this. Let's consider this, y'all. After ancient Egypt, we had seven major captivities, and I'm going to list this for you. We had seven major captivities after Egypt. Egypt was a big one, but there were seven major ones after it. You had Babylon. You had the Medo-Persian Empire. You had Greece, you had Rome, you had the Arabic nations, you had Europe, and you had America. I'm going to say it again. You had Babylon, you had the Medes and the Persians, Medes and the Persians, you had the Grecian Empire, you had the Roman captivity and occupation, you had the Arabic conquests, right? You had the Europeans, and then you had America. So did the Bible come true? Yes or no? He said seven times. All praise. Yes, he said uh, the settlement for Henrietta Lacks happened. Facts. The prison system today. Facts. Good, good, good. All right. So we notice that this has occurred to our nation of people. And it's very important for us to understand this because this proves that you are the people of the Bible. This proves that you definitely are the people of the Bible. So now that you realize that your ancestors were taken as captives in America by Europe, by the Arabs, by Rome, by Greece, by the Persians, by Babylon, and by Egypt, you know that this book now called the Bible is not just a religious book. This book was written by the Israelites for the Israelites to the Israelites. So now, solutions. What can we do and how should we respond to all the afflictions that we have experienced? How should we get ourselves in right relationship to the creator of all things? Let's find that solution and find out why we experience what we experience. Let's go to Leviticus 26, same chapter. We're going to start at verse 40. How should we respond to the afflictions that we experience? Should we shift the blame or should we accept the shame? Let's find out.
if they, if they, put, put the uh, scripture in the chat, please. Leviticus 26, verse 40. Leviticus 26, verse 40. And it reads, if they shall confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their forefathers with their trespass, which they trespassed against me, and that also they have walked contrary unto me, and that I also have walked contrary unto them, and have brought them into the land of their enemies. If then their uncircumcised hearts be humbled, and then they accept of the punishment of their iniquity, notice that, it says, accept of the punishment of their iniquity, we have to accept what our forefathers went through. We have to accept what we went through to this day. We have to confess, meaning accept the shame and don't shift the blame. Don't say, oh, that woman that you gave me caused me to do it. Oh, that man that you gave me caused me to do it. These other nations caused me to Nope. Accept the shame that our ancestors caused. Accept the shame that we caused. Accept the punishment of our iniquity, just like King David did. Just like King David did. Just like Adam and Eve did. Right? The bad example that you don't want to follow is Ananias and Sapphira. They, those was the bad, the, they weren't lucky because they got put to sleep. <laughs> don't follow that example, okay, where you just so hard-headed that you just lie straight up and be like, you don't give a damn. Don't get to that point, okay? That's that's reprobate. Don't get to that point where you void a judgment, all right? So it says, accept of the punishment of their iniquity. Then, then, then will I remember my covenant with Jacob. Wait, does that, wait a minute, wait a minute. Does that say my covenant with Islam, my covenant with Buddha, my covenant with Catholic, my covenant with Protestant, Baptist, Pentecostal, Escapillian, Seventh-day Adventist, uh, what's some other ones? <laughs> Scientology, New Ageology, chakras, uh, theosophy, New Ageism, witchcraft, sorcery. Does that, is, that, is that a covenant? Is that a covenant with that stuff? Is there a covenant with burning sage? Is there a covenant with tarot card reading? I see that on TikTok all day. I'm flipping through TikTok. I'm like, the hell is this mess? <laughs> Come to my... Call me now for your free reading. Call me now. You got Miss Cleo all up on TikTok. Talk about I'll do your tarot card reading. The hell is this? <laughs> and then those same smart ones would be like, there's nothing wrong with astrology. There's nothing wrong with witchcraft. There's nothing wrong with burning sage and having crystals. Stop, stop, stop. I don't want to, I don't want to listen to your religion. And that's why you went into captivity. <laughs> Oh, man, you can't make this stuff up. Verse 42. Then, then will I remember my covenant with Jacob and also my covenant with Isaac and also my covenant with Abram. So there's two, Jacob, Isaac, Abraham. The Most High is going to remember that, them. And I will remember the land. Verse 43. The land also shall be left of them and shall enjoy her Sabbaths while she lieth desolate without them. And they shall accept of the pun. There it goes again. And they shall accept of the punishment of their iniquity because 
even because they but despise my judgments and because their soul abhorred my statutes. So the land of Israel right now, Northeast Africa, <laughs> Northeast Africa is without them, is without the Israelites. The Israelites ain't in Northeast Africa right now. You got some scattered remnants of Israelites around there, Egypt, uh, Syria, Lebanon, Kenya, Uganda, Ethiopian Jews, Igbo Jews in Nigeria, Lemba Jews in South Africa. But we're not directly in Northeast Africa, right? We're scattered. Scattered in uh, places like uh, Central Africa, scattered in East Africa, scattered in West Africa, scattered in Asia, scattered in Europe, scattered in America. We ain't all together as one nation. This is the Bible we're reading. The land shall be left of them. And the land is going to enjoy the Sabbath. It's going to be desolate. This is why they got to import grass and stuff into the land of Israel because nothing grows. <laughs> Verse 44, and yet for all that, when they be in the land of their enemies, I will not cast them away. I will not cast them away. A lot of times we go through rough moments, y'all, and we think that God cast us away. A lot of times we go through rough situations and we think that the Most High cast us away. No, he did not. The Most High did not cast away his people. Don't think that you are forgotten by the creator of all things. Don't think that the Most High doesn't love you. He loves you. He appreciates you. He wants you to walk in his ways and follow him. Whoa. All praises to, I got 22.5 thousand likes on this. Wow. That's crazy. I guess I guess I gotta do more TikTok lives. Put a chat, put a yes or no on the chat. Do y'all like the forefront radio coming up on doing TikTok lives? Yes or no? Yes or no? Put a yes or no on the chat. I wanna I wanna gauge the audience and see. Uh, we got yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay, yes. Okay, all praises. All right. We'll 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 try to dedicate more time to doing more TikTok lives. I'm glad that everyone um enjoys the content. Okay. Uh, we got a precept that was Romans 11, verse 1 and 2. We'll finish this in Leviticus, and then we'll jump up and read, because somebody had posted Isaiah uh, uh, 47, and I saw Isaiah 11. I didn't forget about y'all. I saw the comment y'all put. So we'll, put, we'll bring that up, and let's finish this real quick. So Leviticus chapter 26, verse 44. And yet for all that, when they be in the land of their enemies... I will not cast them away, neither will I abhor them to destroy them utterly and to break my covenant with them, for I am the Lord their God. Notice that the Most High is saying that he is your God and he will not cast you away. Okay, let's go to, let's finish it out. But I will for their sakes remember the covenants of their ancestors. Who told you that the Bible was about religion? The covenant, the promise, the contract, the testament, both old and new, was for our ancestors. Are you beginning to get the picture? This book ain't about everybody. It's about the descendants of the slave trade and colonialism. This book is not about everybody on the planet. This is for your edification, for your people. 
okay? The covenant, the contract that you had, your ancestors had on Mount Sinai, whom I brought forth out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the heathen, that I might be their God. I am Yahweh. I am the Lord. I am Adonai. I am Yahweh. Verse 46, these are the statutes and judgments and laws which the Lord made between him and the children of Israel in Mount Sinai by the hand of Moses. So folks will read that and just skip to the New Testament and be like, this book don't got nothing to do with ancestry. This book got nothing to do with your history. This book is about your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and his folk. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So let's uh let's drop uh two more scriptures and then we'll go to the comment precepts that was posted up. We'll go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Actually, Hosea chapter 5, verse 15. Let's go to that real quick. Hosea chapter 5. I haven't forgot about your scriptures. We're gonna go back to that. Hosea chapter 5, verse 15. It says Hosea chapter 5, verse 15. I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me early. So we must not shift the blame. We now must accept the shame, accept the punishment of our sins. That way we can obtain the blessings from God and God comes back to us. He's going to say, hey, look, I'm going to go and return into the heavens until you acknowledge what you did wrong and seek after me. The face of God is this Bible. Read this Bible, study this Bible, reflect on this Bible every day and trust the Most High. You will have a better life for it. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Are there rewards for living righteous? You better believe it. <laughs> Are there a reward for living righteous on the earth? Are there blessings for obedience? You better believe it. Like you a father, right? You tell your kids, hey, if you do, if you do, and listen, if you do good and you listen to daddy, I'm gonna give you some candy. You want some candy? You want some candy? Yes. You want some ice cream? You want some ice cream? Yeah. You want some pizza? You want some pizza? <laughs> and the kids like, of course. So the most high is saying the same thing. Look, if you listen to me, you're gonna get generational blessings. Watch this. And it shall come to pass. If thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high, above, above, above all nations of the earth. I don't know about y'all, but I want to be the CEO. I want to be the head honcho. I want to be above. I'm tired of being mediocre. I'm tired of being the rug of everybody, all these other nations just putting their feet and dragging their feet on us. No. We are the chosen ones of the most high, the elect, the godly on the earth, the righteous on the earth. And we're going to rule the planet. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith Yahweh. All these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Let's go to another one. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 2. Deuteronomy chapter 14. The, what chapter we read in Deuteronomy? That's Deuteronomy 28. Verse 1 and verse 2. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 and verse 2. That's what we just read. Now we're going to read Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 2. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 2. 
I know I go a little bit fast. I apologize. I just got a lot of precepts, so I got to like run through it before a lot of people uh, lead the chat. So Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 2 is the next scripture. Let's go to Deuteronomy 14, verse 2. It says, for thou art a holy people, for thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. And the Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself above, above all the nations of the earth that are, I'm sorry, all the nations that are upon the earth. Yes, I said it correctly. So we're reading here, right, that the Most High had a promise with a particular group of people and said, look, you're going to be chosen. You're going to be set apart. I don't know. I said, hey, if you listen to me, I'm going to bless you above everybody on the earth. So, so it's imperative for us to do what the Most High said. So now somebody might ask, oh, that's in the Old Testament. Is that in the New Testament? Well, you better believe it. It is. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. This same scripture is quoted by the ancient black apostle by the name of Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You remember when I told you y'all royalty? Stop being mediocre. That's the proof right there. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. How do people read this in the Bible and they get confused? Nation means a group, a people, a race, a community, a ethnic class. I mean, how many other definitions and synonyms could you get? Nation is not everybody, right? You're a part of my nation. You're a part of my brethren. You're a part of my kinsmen. You're a part of my bloodline, my genealogy, my race. I mean, it's all the same thing. But people read this, they skip over it, and they got blind. It's like, oh, God loves everybody. Got it good all the time. All the time, got it good. <laughs> That's what they do. They're singing and clapping and dancing in church, and they don't even know what this is talking about. But you are a chosen generation. Who is that talking to? the Israelites, but you are a royal priesthood. Who is that talking to? The Israelites, but you are a holy nation. Who is that talking to? The Israelites, but you are a peculiar people. Who is that talking to? The Israelites, blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans. <laughs> that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. You see, we walk the earth as strangers and pilgrims. We walk the earth as nobodies. We walk the earth as Negroes, as Latinos, as Hispanic, as Indians, as slaves, as we were called nothing on the earth, the outscoring of all these nations. They said, don't worry about them. They're not a people no more. We destroyed them. They're annihilated. They're just lost tribes of Israel. They don't exist no more. God done away with them. They're not here. But the Most High is showing you amongst these nations that you were hand-picked, hand-selected. You were not a people, but now you're realizing, wait, Job 30.30 30 says, my skin is black upon me. That's a black man. 
uh, Isaiah said that the ox knows his owner and the donkey his master's crib, but Israel don't not don't know. This is a whole group of people that don't know who they come from nor consider where they come from. The Bible says, look not upon me because I am black for the sun has looked upon me. That's that's Song of Solomon chapter one, verse five. Get a Krabby Patty out of that. Get a red lobster out of that. Get an Edomite out of that. You can't. My skin is black upon me. How do, how do you get uh, 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 Donald Trump out of my skin is black upon me? How do you get Joe Biden out of my skin is black upon me? <laughs> but you're reading this out of the Bible, and you think that the Bible is talking about Krabby Patties. You think the Bible is talking about Red Lobsters. Come on, y'all. It's about you. In which time past were not a people, but now, but now are the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. All right. I pray this study was enlightening for us. Shalom, most high in Christ. Blessed to all that was on the chat. Appreciate you. So now let's go back and read some of the scriptures that was brought up. All right, let me go back up. Let me go back to up. So we had Isaiah chapter 47, verse 12. We'll go up, read Isaiah 47, verse 12. That was on the chat. And if you have any questions, comments, and concerns, please put it on the chat. Or for the, anybody on the Discord, if you have any questions, please bring forth your questions. Isaiah chapter 47. Isaiah chapter 47. I think it was verse 12. Uh, yes, verse 12. Isaiah 47, verse 12. It says, Now, stand now with thine enchantments and with the multitude of thy sorceries wherein thou hast labored from thy youth. If so be, thou shalt be able to profit if so be, thou mayest prevail. Correct. Good. All praises. The enchantments is what we see today. We are enchanted by entertainment. We are enchanted by the multitude of sorceries. Sorceries in the ancient Greek is a word called pharmakeia. Pharmakeia is where we get the word pharmacy. Pharmacy is where you get your, your inebriated products, a.k.a. drugs. A.k.a. You didn't know that America was pushing pharmacia or sorcery to you, did you? Yep, they sure are. Let's read on. Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let not... Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators stand up and save thee from these things that shall come upon thee. What is that going into? Those people that are into astrology, horoscopes, stargazing, they're, progno they're making future predictions based on the sun, moon, and stars. You're in the month of Kali, you're in the time of Kali, or you're in the time of Horus, or you're in the age of Aquarius, or you're in the age of Pisces, or you're, let's burn sage, let's celebrate, oh, based on your birthday, oh, you a Capricorn? Okay, that means that your birthday means this, 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 no, how does the Most High God feel about that? Let's read, 
Isaiah 47, verse 14, Behold, they shall be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There shall not be a coal to warm at, nor fire to sit before. Meaning this kind of hot, is a hot that we don't want. <laughs> like they say in the streets, you don't want the smoke. <laughs> but the most I put this smoke on the earth, you don't want that smoke. <laughs> we don't want that. So stay away from these people that's talking about they burning sage and they want to read tarot cards and tell you what your birthday means and all this foolishness and horoscopes. And let me read your fortune cookie. Let me get your fortune cookie and give you your fortune or these monthly prognosticators saying, I'm going to tell you the future, or I could speak to those that are asleep. I could talk to ghosts and goblins and necromancy and all that foolishness. Stay away. All right, the next precept is Isaiah 11, 11. Let's read that real quick. Isaiah 11, verse 11. And I appreciate y'all being on the chat, man. Y'all been sharing the room. Y'all been liking the content. We literally got like 24,000 uh, people that like the, sh the page and everything. Y'all are freaking phenomenal. I love y'all people, man. I love y'all. I love y'all. And everybody that's on the Discord that's been giving support and everything, make sure you put your, your comments on the uh, chat. If you have any questions or anything, I could ask. Uh, I could put it for everybody to hear. If you have any questions, put it in the chat. All right. So I don't see any questions on the Discord. All right. So let's read Isaiah 11, 11. It says, And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time, the second time to recover the remnant of his people. So that means this hasn't happened. The Most High said, just in the same way that he saved us out of Egypt, he's going to save us a second time, and he's going to only get the remnant of his people. And then the Bible is going to describe who it's talking about, which shall be left from Assyria, that's a place where we were in captivity. From Egypt, that's a place where we were in captivity. From Pathros, that's lower Egypt or upper Egypt rather, right? That's a place where we were in captivity, Sudan. You got our ancestors that live in Sudan and Egypt right now. Our brothers and sisters that live in Assyria, Turkey right now. Iraq right now, Iran right now, right? From Kush, that's Ethiopia, all the way to India. The ancient Kushites reigned from Ethiopia all the way to India. And from Elam, Elam is India. And from Shinar, that's Babylon. And from Hamath, and from all the islands of the sea, our people were scattered into all the islands of the sea. We got dispersed away from our land when the Romans invaded, and we started to go to places like Madagascar, to places like, what, the Philippines, to places like Hawaii, to places like the uh, Australian regions, right? We got uh, uh, cast into the areas known as what? The Caribbean Islands, Cape Verde, Sao Tome off of the west coast of Africa, the outcasts of Israel. Let's read on. Verse 12. It says, And he shall set up a sign for the nations and shall assemble the outcast of Israel, of Israel, of Israel, of Israel, and gather together the dispersed of Judah, of Judah, of 
Judah from the four corners of the earth. So the Bible is telling us that the people that were scattered in captivity in all these regions are Israelites. That's who the Messiah is coming to deliver. That's who the Messiah is coming to save. That is who the Messiah is coming to, the, to redeem. So if you fall under these categories as being the dispersed of Judah, the outcast of Israel, those that went into captivity and got scattered all over the earth, then the Bible is for you. It's really that easy, y'all. It's really that easy. Let's go to some other scriptures that got posted. We got Isaiah 14, verse 1. We got Isaiah 14, verse 1. It says, thank you for posting that, sister Ava. Okay, look at Ava. Ava, Ava is Eve. <laughs> Eve done posted scriptures, y'all. <laughs> it says, for the Lord will have mercy on Jacob. So Yahweh will have mercy on Yaakov and will yet choose Israel and set them in their own land and the strangers shall be joined with them and they shall cleave to the house of Jacob and they and the people shall take them and bring them to their place and the house of Israel shall possess them in the land of the Lord for servants and and maids so now if anybody's confused on what's going on here we're seeing that God did not cast away his people, that he's actually going to restore, restore mercy on the descendants of the Israelites. He's going to restore mercy on us. So now there's going to be another group of people that come along that say, I want to serve God too. Oh, you're, are you sure about that? Okay, let's read on. And they shall take them captives whose captives they were. Let me make it plain in, in modern day English. And they shall take them as slaves, whose slaves they were, and they shall rule over their oppressors. Wait a minute, wait a minute. The Bible is telling us that the children of Israel are going to rule, rulership, have dominion, have power, over the nations. Wow. 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 Romans chapter 11, verse 1 through 2. Romans chapter 11, verse 1 through 2. When you, when you read this Bible, it just makes you want to smile. But the other nations, it's going to make them cry. Once they realize the truth of what this Bible is saying, they're going to be like, oh, are you telling me that we put in captivity God's chosen people and karma is going to come back? You know how they say karma is a B? Karma is a Bible. <laughs> uh, karma is a Bible. <laughs> Romans chapter 11, verse 1. I say then, have God cast away his people? It's a question mark. Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, the Israelites scattered amongst the nations. Has God cast away his people? He's asking a question. Did God put away? Did God not deal with? Is he not dealing with his own children anymore? What, what father or mother would willingly want to abandon their children unless some extraneous circumstance happened where they just gave up. 
Now, we're talking about the creator of heaven and earth now. And the question is asked, has God, has Elohim, has the creator, has Eloah, have he cast away his people? Has Ahia cast away his people? God forbid. God forbid. God forbid. That means no. <laughs> if you had the thought in your mind to create a church and ignore the very people that was the church, meaning the Israelites, the Bible says, God forbid, for I also am an Israelite of the seed, the bloodline, the ethnicity, the culture of Abraham, of the tribe, meaning the group, the community, the people of Benjamin, Benjamin, Benjamin. <laughs> so, You'll read this to a to a to a person that's in the church, and they'll be like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait." So this this saying God ain't do away with, but but I'm a, but but I'm a Baptist, but I'm a, a, a Episcopalian, but I'm a but suffering suffering what is it suffering succotash? <laughs> yeah, there ain't there ain't no covenant for those religions, y'all. I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. Then the answer to the question is made clear. Verse 2, God has not, God has not cast away his people. God has not cast away his people. Let's say that again. God has not cast away his people. I don't know what's wrong with, with modern religion. They'll read that and be like, nah, that ain't talking about no. Uh, Catholic church, Baptist church, 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 church. Replace the Israelites. They don't know. Let's read it again for people that are slow. <laughs> God hath not, meaning God has not, cast away his people, which he foreknew. What ye not what the scripture says of Elias? So Elias is Elijah. How he makes intercession for God concerning Israel, concerning Israel, saying, Lord, they have put to sleep or cut down the tree of thy prophets and dig down thy altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? What did God say to Elijah when the prophets were being persecuted by Israelites that were doing bad? What did he say? I... I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. I have several Israelites around the world who have not bowed the knee to the image of the beast. Let's make it plain, y'all. Let's make it clear, y'all. I have several Israelites that have not bowed the knee to the image, the picture, the idol of modern Christianity. Yeah, that guy with the with the curly hair flowing and and the and the, and the beard that looks like Marilyn Manson with the blue eyes and the green eyes. That image, yeah. The, the real people that follow God do not bow the image. They do not bow the knee to the image 
of the beast, the image of worship that's put throughout all these churches, the lies. So if you follow this Bible, you're going to be directly opposite of the church. You're going to be directly opposite of modern religion. You're going to not want to deal with Christianity, Islam, Judaism, Buddhism, uh, all these other idols of these nations are doctrines of deceivers. They're images of Baal, images of false gods. All right, let's move on. Thank you for posting the scriptures. We got Baruch chapter 2, Baruch chapter 2, verse 30. Baruch chapter 2, verse 30. Let's go to that real quick. Baruch chapter 2, verse 30. Baruch chapter 2, verse 30 says this. Baruch chapter 2, verse 30. It says, For I knew, for I knew that they would not hear me. Who's speaking? The Most High. Because it is a stiff necked people. The Most High knows us so well, He knows His kids. He knows His kids. He's like, Yo, y'all some hard headed people out here, man. Y'all some hard headed people. But, but in the land of their captivities, they shall remember themselves. Wait a minute. The time has come now, today, if you hear my voice and you realize that this Bible is talking about you, then you are a Israelite. If you realize that all these things that we experience on this earth and you can read it verbatim in the Bible, and you can relate to the things that we're reading, you acknowledge that you are an Israelite. You have to research this further. You have to investigate this further. You have to study this further. You have to find out what information have these nations tried to hide from me. Because we know that we are the group of people that are currently in the land of our enslavement, the land of captivity. But now, but now, but now, we are remembering who we are. Let's read on, verse 31. And shall ye know, and, and shall know that I am Yahweh, or Yahweh, their Elohim, or their God, for I will give them a heart, meaning a brain, a mind, and ears to hear. That's why the Messiah was always saying, he that have an ear, let him hear. If you got a brain to think, listen to the words, let it fester in your mind and think and consider this. Does these words in this book known of as the Bible relate to your history? Watch this, verse 32. And they shall praise me and they shall praise me in the land of their captivity. Aren't we doing that right now on the Sabbath day, on Saturday, giving praises to the creator in the land of our enslavement, in the land of our captivity? And think and think upon his name. We're thinking upon his commandments. We're thinking upon his word. We're thinking upon the words of this Bible and meditating on it and saying, this does sound like us. We had yokes of iron on our necks. We were enslaved. We got our nation, our, our languages taken from us, our culture taken from us. We can relate to being captives. This makes sense to me. Then you, brother or sister, you're an Israelite. Verse 33, 
and return from their stiff neck and from their wicked deeds, for they shall remember the way of their fathers. Wait a minute. That's what it was all about from the beginning. Remembering your ancestors. All praises to the Most High, man. Our ancestors was the one on Mount Sinai that sinned against Yahweh. Our ancestors was the one that forsook the Most High. Our ancestors was the one that didn't listen. Next one is Isaiah chapter 41, verse 9. I'm going through all the scriptures that were mentioned in the chat, okay, on the TikTok. So I'm going through all those scriptures. If anybody has any questions, comments, concerns, please let me know and I'll address them. So we're going to read next Isaiah 41, verse 9. Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41, verse 9. All right, let's read that real quick. Let's start at verse 48. I like verse 48. Uh, verse 8. Isaiah 41, verse 8 and verse 9. It says, but thou, Israel, art my servant. Wait a minute. So you're telling me everybody can't be a servant of God? Everybody can't be a witness of God. Everybody can't be the serve the most high. It says, but thou, Israel, art my servant. Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. So the friend of God is in all these other nations. The friend of God is Abraham and his children, his descendants, his people, his seed, the same seed that the Messiah came out of, right? Thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and call thee from the chief men thereof and said unto thee, thou art my servant. I have chosen thee and not cast thee away. Ooh, that's a fire precept. That right there is a fire precept. Wow. Not only does he say he's going to take us from where we were scattered in slavery, from all the different societies and nations, then he says, you're going to come and serve me as a royal priesthood, a royal nation. I have chosen you and I have not forgotten you. Isn't that a beautiful thing? That the creator of heaven and earth says, look, at the end of the day, I have not forgotten you. You still my kids. I love y'all, man. You still my children. I have not forgotten you. You mean the world to me. Just like it says in John 3, 16, for God so loved, L-O-V-E-D, past tense, the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, past tense, believes in me shall not perish, but live forever. Who did God love in the past? Who meant the world to, like, I'm a man. I love a woman. This woman that I love, I say to her, baby, you mean the world to me. I love you. Now, does that mean I love every woman on the planet, every woman down the street, every woman that's just come around me? No, no, absolutely not. This is the same verbiage that's utilized between two Israelite men, one by the name of Nicodemus and one by the name of Yahushua or Yahshua, or Jesus, or Jesus, whatever you want to use. This same person was speaking about Israelite history. He said, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, the same way 
I will be lifted up for the children of Israel. The reference is Numbers 21. So they're talking about Israelite history. Where do you get that the Most High loved everybody on the planet? All right. Let's scroll down the comments. Let's see if there's more scriptures that were posted. Okay, we got Psalms 147, verse 20. We got Psalms 147, verse 20. We got Psalms 147, verse 20. Let me check the Discord channel also to see if there's any scriptures or any uh, questions posted up on the Discord. Let me check the Discord real quick. Discord channel, y'all doing all right, family? I, I don't see no questions on the chat, so I'm assuming y'all good. I know we've been going in on, on the scripture, so all praises for y'all, you know, sticking in. I love y'all, man. All right, so let's read Psalms 147, verse 20. It says, he hath not, let's, let's jump up to verse 19. Let's read 19, and then we'll read 20. It says, he shows his word unto Jacob, his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. Wait a minute. So the Bible was given to the Israelites. The Bible was given unto the Israelites, his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. He has not dealt so with any nation. And as for his judgments, they have not known them praise he the lord so yahweh said hey i ain't dealing with any other nation i ain't dealing with any other people i've only dealt with you and showed my bible to you and my laws and statutes to you and the punishments for breaking my laws the judgments i've shown to you i showed it to you in babylon i showed it to you in greece and persia I showed it to you in Egypt. I showed it to you in Rome. I showed it to you when I kicked you out of Rome and allowed you to be scattered into all the nations like you read in Luke chapter 21, verse 24. They shall fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. You receive that judgment. I have not dealt with any other nation but you. And as far as my judgments as the creator, those other nations ain't know the judgment. They didn't know the punishment for breaking my laws. They didn't receive the same generational curses that you received. But guess what? They want to answer in? All right, let's give them a little taste of the smoke. That's why you read in the book of Revelation where it's going to say, Repair, repay double, reward double to Babylon according to her works. And I can't wait for that day. <laughs> I can't wait for that day. <laughs> all right uh do i got mods no i don't got my no i think i do got mods i got uh vargasant and uh wait did i put a mod up on here uh i'll put you up as a mod then if you want uh how do i do that hit the blue bar add as moderator all right i think i added you as a moderator tough one so thank you for the question all right so Questions, comments, concerns. So we, we had a discussion today to conclude. We had a discussion called shifting blame or accepting the shame. And we realized the problem with Adam and Eve, the mistakes they made, the problem with Bathsheba and David, the mistakes they made, the problem with Ananias and Sapphira, the mistakes they made. And now we can realize using these three examples of three couples in the Bible 
how to operate and how not to operate. Accept the punishment of your sins and deal right with one another. All right. So I hope this information was clear for y'all. If uh, anybody has any questions, shalom, welcome. Hello, hello, welcome, welcome to you. If anyone has any questions, let's check the Discord. I believe there should, I saw something pop up in the Discord channel that we got. All right. It's a, okay, we, we're keeping up, just following along. Okay, all praises, all praises. All right, so with that being said, y'all, that's it for this study on um, on the shifting of blame and accepting the shame, okay? That's it on this study. If you guys have any questions, bring forth your questions right now. We'll answer your questions based on the Bible. So this is question and answer. We'll dedicate about mm, 10 to 15 minutes to questions and answers. So if you have questions, put it in the chat. Those on the Discord, you're free to speak. Those that are in the TikTok, write down your question on the comment section and we'll answer it, okay? Okay, the first question that popped up on the TikTok says, so what will happen to those who aren't Hebrew Israelites? Very good question. So to answer that question, we're gonna go straight to the Bible because every question we have, we wanna answer it with the Bible. What about the other nations, okay? Let's go to Isaiah. We read it earlier. I, I, I don't know if you forgot it. It was Isaiah 14, but we'll give another scripture and we'll take our time discussing that scripture. We'll go to Isaiah chapter 60 and we're gonna start at verse nine, okay? So in the kingdom of heaven, you're gonna have a class classifications of two people, those that want to serve the most high and those that do not want to serve the most high. Let me, let me start at Daniel chapter 12 first. Let's go to that. Let's go to that. Daniel chapter 12, we're going to read verse 1. And then we'll come back to Isaiah. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1 says this, right? We're going to read verse 1 and verse 2. It says, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people. The children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered. Every one that shall be found written in the book. So the first reference that the angel, the messenger, the Malachi was telling to Daniel, the prophet, from the tribe of Judah, he was telling them, look, there's going to come a time of trouble that no other nation experienced, okay? And at that time, your people are going to be delivered, everyone that's written in the book of life. So now the question was asked about the other nations, right? Let's read that, verse 2. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. So many of our Israelites and other nations are going to awake from the dust of the earth. They're going to awake. They're going to be resurrected. So now you're going to have two classifications, some to everlasting life. So that's the first classification and some to everlasting shame and contempt. Meaning what? 
some of the people are going to have eternal life. Some of the people are going to have eternal destruction. So now with that being said, what classifications will there be in the kingdom of heaven? Because you can't have European delusionalism in this kingdom and European delusionalism in God's kingdom. It doesn't work, okay? You can't have Afro, uh, Arabic-centric delusionalism in this kingdom, in this world, where all these other nations are on top of us and we're subservient, and then the same thing happened in, in God's kingdom. No, that's not how it's going to work, okay? Let's look at Isaiah chapter 60, verse 10. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 10. This is going to give you clarity on what's going to happen with the other nations. So remember the question, what will happen to those who aren't Israelites? Let's read on. Surely the isle shall wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish first, to bring thy sons from far, their silver and their gold with them, unto the name of the Lord thy God, and to the Holy One of Israel, because he has glorified thee. And the sons of strangers shall build thy walls. So just like in America, how our ancestors were utilized to work and construct the monuments, the capital buildings, the construction sites. If you notice, the majority of those structures were built by blacks and natives. You might have a couple of other nations that are sprinkled about doing this, but in this kingdom, we were the laborers. So now in God's kingdom, you're going to have the sons of the other nations, the same ones that oppressed us, the Gentilic nations. They're going to now build up the kingdom of heaven. And their kings shall minister unto thee. We're reading Isaiah 60, verse 10. So think of Donald Trump. Think of the Pope. Think of Joe Biden. These are like prominent men on the earth, right? Imagine if these so-called great men are now coming and bringing you a plate of food to eat. That's what's going to happen in the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Those that are on top of society, they're going to be brought to the bottom. Those that are on the bottom of society, they're going to be brought to the top in the kingdom of heaven. That's why the Bible says, blessed are the meek. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the earth. Why do you think Jesus was making these parables? Why do you think he was saying this? He was saying it in a way that the religious leaders and the political leaders couldn't understand. Because if he told them straight, hey, look, the day's going to come where we're going to rule over y'all. You're our oppressor, but we're going to rule over y'all. They would, they, would, they would already be like, hey, treason, treason against Rome. Treason against America, treason against... That's what they would do, right? So the Bible is telling us that the sons of strangers shall build up our walls. And the kings of the earth, that's your prime ministers, your presidents, your popes, your imams, all these big leaders, they are going to serve. The word minister means to serve, for in my wrath, when God was angry with us, I smote thee. But in my favor 
have I had mercy on thee. So now this is how you know this is the kingdom of heaven. Because when you read Revelation chapter 21, there are 12 gates, and those 12 gates are for the 12 tribes of Israel only. The other nations, they're outside of the gates. The servants, they're outside of the gates of the kingdom. Watch this. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 11. Therefore thy gates, referring to the kingdom of heaven, shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day nor night, that men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles, the forces of the nations, the armies of the nations. You got your space force, you got your air force, you got your army force, right? The forces or armies of the Gentiles are going to come, and what's going to happen? And that their kings may be brought, meaning the angels are going to go and select these people and bring them right to the Messiah. Now watch this. Verse 12, for the nation and kingdom that will not serve thee shall, what's this word? Perish, shall perish. Yea, those nations shall be utterly wasted. So you know how in Christianity they say, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is true. Every knee is going to be bowed. But guess what? There's going to be some people that don't want to serve a black Messiah. There's going to be some people that don't want to serve a man that skin so dark it looked like it burned in a furnace with woolly hair and eyes that are red and flaming. But they're going to do it whether they like to or not. Because the nation, let's read it again. For the nation and kingdom that will not serve thee shall perish. Yea, those nations shall be utterly wasted. So this is answering the question. What will happen to those who are not Israelites in the kingdom of heaven? The forces of the Gentiles are going to come in. Their armies are going to come. Their kings are going to be brought forth. Some of them are going to want to fight against the Most High. They're going to say, oh, it's aliens. We got to fight and resist these aliens coming in with black dreads and they dark skin and they got eyes all over their body and they're strong. And they listen, they're going to be utterly wasted. <laughs> They're going to be utterly wasted, all right? I hope that answered your question. Next question, it says, let me check the Discord first. Let me check the Discord. Let's see. We answered one off TikTok. Let's see. Okay, we got keep it coming. We got that part. Just following. Okay. All right. So next TikTok question, it says, have you done a study on Acts 15 or 16 on this topic? It would be great. Thank you for mentioning that, brother. We're going to uh, do a study on that a little bit later. Do I have a study online on that particular topic on Acts 15? No, but there are various Israelites that do have studies on Acts 15. Um, and we could make one. Let me scroll through my uh, Bible real quick to look to see if I have some notes here in uh, da, 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 Acts 15. Yep, I got a whole bunch of underlined stuff. I got Jeanette. Uh, Galatians 3 and 1. I got Amos 9 and 1, uh, 9 and 11. Yeah, we could do a study on it another time. Thank you for the suggestion. We'll do a study on Acts chapter 15 and 16 another time. That would be a great topic. All right, let's see. The next one says, are they saved through Christ? Are they saved through Christ? So remember, we read the scriptures, right? That every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. So now, 
we have to get out of our minds the uh, religiosity of, of modern religion. Modern religion told you that being saved only meant to be saved from your sins. To being delivered means to being delivered out of your sins. Get that out of your head. Get that out of your head. Focus on the fact that historically, we as a nation of people went into captivity and God raised up saviors to deliver us from captivity. Example, we were enslaved in Egypt. Moses delivered us or saved us out of Egyptian captivity. You have in the book of Joshua, where Joshua saved us or delivered us from the seven Canaanite tribes that was warring against us. You have in the book of Judges, where Moab and Ammon and other nations were going against the Israelites, Og of Bashan, and you had men, judges, that rose up like Ehud, like Caleb, Joshua, like Othiniel. These men, like uh, Deborah and Barak, these men and women, like Jael, these people stood up to deliver to be saviors for the people. Now, at the second coming of the Messiah, it's going to be the same thing. Christ is coming to save his people from their enemies and from the hand of all that hate them. Let's look at that real quick. We're going to go to Luke chapter 1. We're going to show it to you in the New Testament to answer that question, Sister Arnona. Luke chapter 1. Verse 68. We're going to go 68 to 71. Luke chapter 8, verse 68. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, of Israel, of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. So now the word redeemed means to save, to deliver to get back like you like you have a dollar right and you go to the store and you redeem a prize right that prize was deemed for you to from the beginning to redeem is to reacquire to reinstate to redeem his people because god delivered us before he delivered us out of egypt he delivered us out of babylon he delivered us many times but in this final deliverance there's going to be a deliverance so great, you're not going to be talking about Egypt no more. You're not going to be talking about the plagues that happened in Egypt. There's going to be such a great devastation of destruction on the planet that when we get delivered out of it, we're going to be, seeing, we're going to be saying all praises to Yahweh that he saved us from World War III, from, from the, 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 the annihilation that's going to happen on the earth. You understand? Verse 69. And have raised up a horn of salvation for us. For us. Look at the words. His people, salvation for us. You can't just skip over these words. When you read these words in the Bible, you say, who is this talking about? Who is the us? What is the context? Who is this speaking about? Then it says, in the house of his servant David. So now that's a reference to the Old Testament. So now you have to read the Old Testament to find out who was King David? Where did he come from? What was his background? What tribe was he? You find out he's from the tribe of Judah. Then when you read Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 2, you find out that the tribe of Judah is described as black unto the ground. 
black like the soil. So the horn of salvation is for those people, the descendants, right, of King David. Watch this, verse 70, as he spake, and when I say that, when I say black, I'm referring to blacks, Latinos, Native Americans, the descendants of slavery and colonization, okay? Don't, don't focus just on skin, focus on truth, okay? Focus on truth of who it's talking about, because we're all different shades of brown on the earth, okay? Verse 70, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we, that we, that we should be saved, there's that word again, salvation, redeemed, deliverance, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, our fathers, to remember his holy covenant, the oath, meaning the promise, which he swear unto our father Abraham. So notice that these references are all referring back to Old Testament history, Old Covenant history. People will read this and think about it. Who goes to the middle of the book or the end of the book and disregards everything that's at the beginning of the book? This is what modern religion does. Modern religion will read this and they'll say, oh, that just means everybody's going to be redeemed. That means whosoever means everybody's going to be redeemed. But you're hearing words like our fathers. Everybody didn't have the same daddy. Everybody didn't have the same contract. Everybody didn't have the same covenant, promise. Imagine you going, I, I want to make it plain, so clear that it's like, you know how to say it's so easy a caveman can figure this out? I want to make it so easy to understand. Imagine you go to court and you say, I have a contract with this company that this co company will pay me such and such and such. The company breaks the contract, right? So now in order to make amends, there's a mediator that comes in and fixes and makes a new contract, right? So we were the ones that had a contract with, the, with our Heavenly Father on Mount Sinai. We broke the contract. So now we have the Messiah, the Christ, who is a mediator to come in and renew a new contract, a.k.a. a new testament, a.k.a. a new covenant. With who? The children of Israel, the same people that had an old contract, an old, a holy covenant, an old testament. So there's no way to be confused. The Old Testament is for the Israelites. The New Testament is for the Israelites. The old promises are for the Israelites. The new promises are for the Israelites. The kingdom of heaven is for you. It's your inheritance. Okay? I hope that makes sense. I'll praise to the Most High. All right, let's move on. It says, uh, that particular group of verses, seal, apostle, Paul, ministry. Okay, all praises. Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, preach. Okay, another comment says, Hebrew must oversee all movements pertaining to the leadership of this body. Next one says, Edomite Gentiles will be servants. Another one says, all praises, big facts. Another one says, he also said that he was, he also said that he who is least in my kingdom shall be greater than, correct. He that is least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. 
And John the Baptist was one of the greatest. Imagine a whole people that lost their identity, lost their culture, started living under Roman occupation, and a man steps on the scene and say, nope, return back to the way of your ancestors. Return back, don't follow the way of the Romans, don't follow the way of the Greeks, follow this that I'm telling you, repent, turn, turn from your wicked ways. The kingdom of heaven is coming, and a man is gonna come that's gonna show up on the scene that's greater than me. He's gonna baptize you with the Holy Eternal Spirit and fire. You're going to be able to walk immortality on fire and not get burned. That's this guy that's coming after me. And here comes this black man walking the scene. And people are like, who is this? Isn't this the son of Joseph? Isn't this the, the, the son of Mary, of Miriam? How, how did Joseph and Miriam bring forth this kid? And he knows the Bible and he's crushing the religious leaders, crushing the political leaders, saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And we're scared now as scribes and Pharisees because... He's taking power and influence away from us. We got to do something about it. Hence, you got the crucifixion. I hope that makes sense. Let's move on. Let's move on. All right, we got a precept. We got Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18 through 33. Isaiah chapter, eight, uh, Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18 through 33. Let's read that real quick. Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18 through 33. I appreciate everybody that's been on the live with us and been on the Discord. Appreciate everybody showing the love. All right, 18 through 33. I know Teflon be wanting you to read like 20,000 scriptures. Come on, bro. 18 to 33? <laughs> you know my throat's sore, my, my throat sore, right? Let me drink some water. Hold on, hold on. Let me take a break. All right, all right. <laughs> Brother want to be reading the whole thing. All right, bro. You want me to read the whole thing and break it down or just read it? I'll just read it. I'll just read it. I'll just read it. Isaiah chapter 30, <laughs> verse 18. And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you, and therefore will he be exalted, that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. So Yahweh is the Elohim that creates judgment on the Lord on the world, right? Blessed are all they that wait for him. So now we're gonna read, we're gonna read who is the ones that the Bible is talking about that are blessed. Who are the ones that are waiting for him? Verse 19. For the people shall dwell in Zion, Zion at Jerusalem, thou shalt weep no more. So remember when you read in the New Testament, in the book of Revelation, it says there's going to be a time where there's going to be no more sorrow, no more people that's unalived, no more oppression, no more sickness, no more disease. It says right here that the people, what's another word for people? The group the nationality, the race, shall dwell in Zion. Thou shall weep no more. And if anybody's confused, Zion is another word for the children of Israel. Okay? Zion is another word for the children of Israel, for anyone that's confused. Let's read on. For he will be gracious, for he will be very gracious unto thee, at the voice of thy cry. 
when he shall hear it, he will answer thee. I love this scripture right here. Boy, this right here got some, man, this right here got so much meat off the bones. Listen, I'm going to give you my own personal experience, y'all. I normally don't talk about this online, but I'm going to just share a little bit. I went through a really dark, negative experience in my life. And I was crying out to the most high day in, day out, day with literal tears in my eyes, y'all. Literal tears in my eyes, okay? Weeping, mourning, praying, fasting, all of that, okay? There was times where I didn't even want to touch a, a grain of rice, you understand? There was times where I, I ate a piece of bread and spit it out because I couldn't eat, you understand? And I wept and I mourned and the most high was very very gracious unto me and was very merciful unto me. I can testify to that. Okay. This ain't the Christian church though. There ain't no testimonies going on up here. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but I can attest to that experience with the creator going and talking to him and asking him for assistance with a negative situation and really getting help y'all really getting help, like seriously getting help. So it's very important for us to understand that. All right. Let's read on. He will answer you. What, whatever you're going through, he will answer you. Okay. Verse 20. And thou, the Lord, give, and though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore, but thine eyes shall see thy teachers. You're going to see the prophets. You're going to see John the Baptist. You're going to see the Messiah. You're going to see the disciples. You're going to see the prophets, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Elijah, Enoch, Adam. You're going to see all these men, Abraham, coming on the earth. You may not know it's them, but they came on the earth and they're going to see you. This is why I tell people, do not disparage Israelites that are teaching do not disparage Israelites, whether they're in a camp, a church, a congregation, a ecclesia, if they're on TikTok, Facebook. Do not waste your time disparage. Listen, we got more things to go to war with than infighting amongst Israel. Are there going to be disagreements and doctrines? Yes. Are there going to be disagreements and understandings of scriptures? Yes. But there's a greater thing at hand to focus on. Waking up the people that don't know this truth. So you as a teacher, your responsibility is to focus, focus, focus on instructing the people. Don't just go and jump up and just start teaching everything. Throw out all the trash that you learned. Relearn the Bible from an Afro-Hebraic perspective. Get historical books that match up with the Bible to substantiate the truth, then teach. The Bible says, for the time that you ought to be teachers, you have need of one to come again and teach you the basic principles. Some people don't understand something basic like, thou shall not lie. But that, but you got Israelites going into prophecies and teaching deep things, and people don't understand, thou shall not lie. Right? This is why this class, even though it, it seems heavy for some, this is a basic class. Okay? To like I gave the example of, hey, what commandment is being broken? Thou shalt not lie. What commandment is being broken? Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not commit adultery. This is a very basic class. 
But you got some people that want to go into deep, heavy things, and they don't realize that it's of necessity to go into the deep things if the basic things you haven't covered yet. You understand? Very important to teach stories and parables and metaphors to get people to the spirit of obedience to the laws of God. I hope that makes sense. Let's read on. Verse 21. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. When ye had turned to the right and when he had turned to the left. All right, let's read on. We're going to jump down to verse uh, 33. It says, I'm sorry, 22. It says, you shall defile also the covering of thy graven images of silver and the ornaments of thy molten images of gold. Now think about this. In the world today, Many of you have Jesus pieces around your neck. Many of you have silver crosses around your neck. Many of you have idols of the eye of Horus. Many of you have idols of the Egyptian Unk. Many of you have graven images and statues. Many of you have candles that you light with the picture of Caesar Borgia on that. Many of you pray to Mother Mary. Many of you have idols all around you that have been made by the other nations for you to worship them instead of the real God of this Bible. Those things are all distractions, y'all. They're trash. They're filth. The Bible says you're going to defile the covering of your graven images of silver and gold. Watch this. Thou shalt cast them away, meaning you're going to throw away them like a menstruous cloth. You know, when a woman has her uh, monthly woman's custom, and that material gets put on that uh, uh, rag and the woman doesn't keep it. She throws it in the trash or throws it or flush it down a toilet or get rid of it. That's how you should feel having an idol around your neck of a, of a deceptive European image. They call it a Jesus piece. And there's no Bible verse whatsoever that tells you that he is an, uh, uh, a red lobster, a Krabby Patty, a uh, uh, melanin deficient syndrome person uh uh, uh what, what else can i use as code because you know tiktok is funny uh uh a uh, person that's suffering from vitiligo like 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 mike mike uh mike jackson right <laughs> that's what i mean right you can't say it so you know what i mean the 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 the, the piece of paper people okay the long back tribe <laughs> okay ling ling and them Okay, that run the uh, the uh, Asian uh, boutiques. Okay, the 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 camel drivers. Okay, those other nations have set up their deities: your Buddhas, your Allahs, your Krishnas, your Vedas, your your Brahmas, right? Your Jesuses. All those nations' gods are idols. You're gonna throw that away like a menstruous cloth, and start over. Be born again. Be renewed in your mind to follow what this Bible says. Not what the forefront is saying, what the Bible is saying. I hope that makes sense. Verse 23, then shall he give the rain of thy seed that thou shalt sow ground within. So once you put away your idols, God is able to bless you with rain. God is able to bless you with more, with abundance, with crops. He takes away the spirit of famine out of the land and bread of increase of the earth, and it shall be fat and plenteous. In the day shall thy cattle feed in large pastures. The oxen likewise and the young donkeys that, 
that ere the ground shall eat clean provender, which have been winnowed with the shovel and with fan. There's some heavy stuff there. I'm not going to get all into that about the separation between the sheeps and the goats and the donkeys. And the, I'm not going to do that. Um, that's in another. That's going to be another study. Verse uh, 25. And there shall be upon every high mountain and every and upon every high hill rivers and streams of water in the day in the day of the great. Uh, can I say that word? Unalive when the towers fall. When the towers fall, verse 26, moreover, the light of the moon shall be as light of the sun. So in the kingdom of heaven, it's going to be bright. There's not going to be a nighttime anymore. In the kingdom of heaven, the light of the moon is going to be as bright as the light of the sun. And the light of the sun shall be sevenfold as the light of seven days. And the day that the Lord bindeth up the breach of his people and heals the stroke of their wounds. So think about it. I used to work in a field called orthopedics, right? This is dealing with like musculoskeletal issues, broken bones, sports injuries, stuff like that, right? When somebody has a broken bone, they put something on them called a cast. A cast is a device that they use where they put soft padding and either fiberglass or plaster of Paris to cover the wound to increase the chances of it to heal. So now in the kingdom of heaven, the most high will do the same thing for us. He's going to restore his people with immortal bodies. Because guess what? If the sun was was seven, I'm, I know it's hot. It gets like 100 degrees, 110, 115 in some places. Some places it's gotten as hot as 130. So if you don't know the most high is judging the earth, you better wake up. Okay. So, if the sun is going to be seven times more than it is right now, this shows you that we're in the kingdom of darkness. Even if it's bright outside that you think it's bright, really it's dark. Because in the kingdom, the light of the moon is going to be as light as the sun. And the light of the sun currently is going to be seven times brighter. So you need to have an immortal body to be able to last through that. This is why the Bible says that the Messiah is going to endow us with the Holy Ghost and fire. Who shall be able to walk amongst flames? Those that have kept the commandments of the Most High. Okay? Verse 27. Behold, the name of the Lord comes from far, burning with his anger, and the burden thereof is heavy. His lips are full of indignation, and his tongue as a devouring fire. Do you see what I'm saying? Who's going to be able to survive with a person, with an entity who, when he talks, fire can come out of his mouth? When he's angry and upset, indivi listen, individuals are going to just get Thanos snapped, talking against the Most High, arguing with the Most High. That's why the Bible says there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He's just going to open his mouth and people just, Thanos snap, snap, disintegrate. All you see is ashes. That's it. That's what you read in the Bible. But for those that are redeemed, those that are saved, you will be able to abide in this. You'll be able to live because you've got an immortal body. Verse 28, and his breath and his breath as an overflowing stream, which reaches to the midst of the neck to sift the nations with the sieve of vanity. And there shall be bridles in the jaws of the people causing them to err. 
So some of our people went off into captivity with hooks around their jaws and bridles around their jaws, just like they did a horse, right? But in the kingdom of heaven, it's going to be flipped around to the other nations that were unbelievers, other nations that did not want to serve the Messiah, those that wanted to fight with their space force and their air force and their military force against God and his angels cracking to the sky. Oh, look, it's a UFO. Oh, look, it's a UFO. Fight, fight, fight. Let's, get, let's stop what we're doing. Stop World War III and let's fight against each other. No, you're going to lose horribly. You're going to lose horribly. And redemption is going to come where we're going to be singing and happy and joyful because God came and delivered us, baby. God came and delivered us. You understand? <laughs> All right, let's read on. Verse 29. Ye shall have a song. There we go. See, you see that? You shall have a song as in the night when a holy solemnity is kept. So like you keeping a new moon and the Sabbath, you singing, you dancing, you like, oh, praise the most high. Praise your Yahweh. We delivered. That's what's going to happen in the end days. And gladness of heart. And when one goes up with a pipe to come to the mountain of the Lord, to the mighty one of Israel, of Israel, this is showing you that Israel is going to be saved. And the Lord shall cause his glorious voice to be heard and shall show the lightning down of his arm. This is the Messiah. With the indignation of his anger, with the flame of devouring fire, with scattering and tempest and hailstones. So y'all know in the last days right now that we're living in, you're going to see an increase of what the heathen call climate change. You're going to see fires, flames pop out out of nowhere. And people are going to be like, what's going on? Most High stretching out his arm like a boxer stretches out for a hook, like a boxer stretches out for an uppercut. And when he does that, let's read on what's going to happen. The flame of devouring fire with scattering and tempest and hailstones. There's going to be tornadoes in unexplained places. There's going to be earthquakes in unexplained places. It's going to be the middle of the summer, and it's going to be snowing with hailstones. Just like you have been seeing on the Internet all throughout TikTok, right? We're reading it out of the Bible. There's going to be a time where close to 75 pounds or 100 pounds of hailstones are going to fall on the earth. And it's going to mess up a lot of crops. Imagine imagine somebody walking down the street, right? And they said, oh, to hell with God, to hell with this Bible. I don't want nothing to do with this thing. And a 100-pound rock, an ice stone, falls out of the sky and cracks them on the head. <laughs> That's what's going to happen to the oppressor. That's what's going to happen to the other nations that have resisted this truth and have fought against the Most High God. I'm going to prove it. In the same exact verse, verse 31, it says this, For through the voice of the Lord shall the Assyrian be beaten down, which smote with a rod. So now keep this in mind. During the, during the time of the Assyrian captivity, it was prior to the Babylonian captivity. The book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, was writing about the Babylonian captivity. But he's referencing Assyria here. So that's a code word. That's a code word for oppressors. So when you read Assyria, that you're going to go into captivity into Egypt, that you're going to be in captivity by Babylon. These are all code words for those that are oppressors. 
So the Most High is going to say to us, you're going to be delivered, the children of Israel, the children of promise, 